Well, let me tell you something, Chuck. It's time for episode 84 of Pillow Fort Radio, dude. 84 episodes, oh yeah. Well, that's right, dude. 84 episodes of the world's greatest podcast with the prince of podcasting, brother. The human incarnation of the infield fly ruled madness, Schwemmo. <laughs> That's right, dude. Little bit of Dutch in the dirty shame. Oh, that's great. Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were here introducing the show. Yeah. They didn't quite sound like themselves. It almost sounded well, like... Well, Hogan had to carry the corpse. Yeah. So he, was... <laughs> he was out of breath. Yeah. He's, guy's getting old. I mean, it what sort of sounded like me doing my impression of Will Sasso's impression of Hulk Hogan. And it sounded like me just doing a really terrible impression. But it was them. They were here. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Yeah, I saw them. They were here. Sly, go make a fucking sandwich. <laughs> I saw them, too. It was a conspiracy. Randy Savage isn't actually dead. He's actually in Barbados with Miss Elizabeth. I think he's tremendous. I, I think it's terrific. He has he's one percent alive and ninety nine percent dead. <laughs> Boy, we're on a fucking roll today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I'm Winston Churchill. I'm Winston Churchill. Why didn't you make me president? <laughs> Is it because I have a gash? Is it because I wear pantsuits? <laughs> that was spot on. That really sounded like her. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Tis I, the prince of podcasting, the bipolar rock and roller, the sultan of sadness, the uh, duke of dick slingers. It's uh, a good one. <laughs> along with uh, the duke of discourse, the human incarnation of the infield. Fly Oh, chuggy data sacks over there. How's it going, dude? <laughs> it's going it's going <laughs> what, if it, what if instead of being all hyped up all the time professors are just like well let me tell you something brother <laughs> well they've got that i, I, I love I, it <laughs> yeah well they're getting just- sick and tired of tito santana <laughs> well uh, he is the largest mexican i've ever seen <laughs> you all remember el gigante I was kidding with that, but Tito Santana was a big fucking dude. I don't know where El Gigante was from, but that just means the The giant. giant. And then two years later, they bring in the The giant. giant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is stupid. (laughs) Who's a better giant, the giant or Andre the giant? Uh, The giant. Fuck that. No way. The big show? Well. He's all right. He's He's not Andre. Yeah, but Andre was... Wasn't very good. <laughs> of course, he had a terrible disease, but he was. Yeah, I just like him because he was. Well, for one thing, he was. Well, but I was going to say he was really smart. But man, the Big Show is a smart fucking dude too. Yeah. When they had the uh, weakest link, he was fucking killing it. Like he was knocking it. I remember out. that show with that sassy British lady <laughs> in the middle. She was quite pithy. She was a she was a fucking cunt. She was a um, limey cunt. Very cunt. Uh, a la cunt. It might have tasted like lime. I'm not sure. With a spritz of lime. Spritz. <laughs> spritz. Doodads and whatnots. How come there hasn't been a wrestler that has like a, like the stereotypical gay lisp? I don't know. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> like, and he's really tough. <laughs> yeah, he's like a badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. 
But that was like That's Little fun. Richard. Oh, that was terrible. Right? That was his, his It was awful. Was, was I'm going to look like That's Little Richard. That's uh, Mark Mar- It Wasn't it Mark Marrow? Yeah, Mark Marrow. voice Mark Marrow. It'd be funny if it was Mark Marin. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I'm sick and tired of it. <laughs> Mark Marin was a wrestler. Mark Marin. He's complaining. He never actually did any moves. He's one of those failed comedians, kind of, that's turned into like a great... You know, he, well, he got, not really failed. Not failed, but he, he was, wanted different things out of it mm-hmm. than he got, and then he went into this other. thing. I shouldn't have said that. that I shouldn't have said failed. I mean, well, I, no, I'm it, just saying he's. I think he would have considered himself failed because he wasn't like the biggest comedian in the world. Well, it's like um, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow was he was a, a good stand up comedian. Yeah, but he was never. He never got that big. Yeah. He was, <clears> well, who was he doing? He was around the time. He was during the comedy boom of the eighties and nineties. He was he started in the mid eighties, I think. I remember some of his act. He talked about how his his back hair got so thick that he could see it in his silhouette, <laughs> which was a good bit. It's I mean, it, it, was, it was funny. Well, he started again. He started doing stand up again. I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. I just I think that you have they all want to do it. That's right. The, well, you have guys that are. That's the instant gratification thing. I, I mean. Who is the greatest, in your opinion, ever? Carlin? No. No? <laughs> if you're going to ask me, uh, uh, Doug Stanhope might be the greatest. You think he's the greatest to me, comedian to ever? To me. I mean, it's subjective. I mean, some people. No, I mean, there's a case. There's a case for that. Some people think Jimmy J.J. Walker is the greatest. Yeah, those people aren't very smart. Some people think Shucky Ducky's the funniest motherfucker to ever walk. That's horrid. Feet. That's horrid shit. Well, the, the, those are some people. Okay, it's all subjective. I, I get it. But for us who actually know it. Um, no, there's a case for Stanhope. He's, I think he's legit. He's, he's got the chops. He's, he's one of those guys. He's almost like a Lenny Bruce type figure. He's, he's had rough. He's had he's a rough. funnier than Lenny Bruce, I think. Lenny Bruce was not that funny. Lenny Bruce for was, back ju- then, was, was just funny. dirty. Yeah. It, it was, was just, it was just working real blue, you know? So and he went to jail for it. That's why he's, he that's regarded, fucking ridiculous. That's why he's regarded as uh, one of the greatest comedians. Isn't that just the worst? He went to jail for saying dirty words and speaking out against, like, uh, the fucking Red Scare, I think. <laughs> no, that would have been a little uh, bit, that, that's been, a little bit after he was his in the, time. He was in the 60s, yeah. No, they just put him in jail. It's Vietnam. It's probably Vietnam. Yeah. That was what he was speaking out against. They put Noam Chomsky in jail for that, too. Isn't that scary? That's, that sorry, weird. that's me. The fact that we can actually, that our government, you know, they're proposing putting people in jail now for burning the American flag. Trump and, said that. And you've got well, all those jingoistic idiots well, who think me, that's okay. Well, let me take that one step further. Hillary Clinton says we need to do something about this fake news epidemic. Yeah. What are you supposed to do about it? You're going to put people in jail for writing things? I, then, the, then they could put again, people in jail for saying things. You've heard some of the things we say on here. You yeah. said some of the, you've said a lot of the things. Yeah. And if, if for some reason people started listening to this. We'd be in trouble. We would be in trouble. Yeah. Because... God, that's, say that's a terrifying yeah. thought. You can't, and it's out there. We can't take it back. Yeah, and you can't, you can't put people in jail for writing fake news articles. Now, the uh, the companies that they get spread on, they can choose to block those things from being shared on, like Twitter and right. Facebook. Mm-hmm. They can block those things from being shared because that's a private company. Yeah. The government can't get involved. I don't think unless unless somebody writes an article that's directly inciting violence. Well. I've said some things one time when I came back from Michigan, I was just on a rant because it was just, it was hard. Like it was, yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Daddy. (laughs) It was coming back from, (laughs) from seeing Annie. So, you know, it was, 
that's that's always a rough couple of days. That's when I threatened to kill that kid, basically, and you know, uh, not kill him. You know, I was just gonna just punch him. You know, just honestly, just how how often do you see somebody's honest just get punched on a daily basis? Hardly ever. I never see anybody you know, get punched. And this kid was going to get punched. <laughs> like I told him, I told him in no uncertain terms. And I like the kid. I like him a lot. He's a good kid. He just said a wrong thing, but I told him, I was just like, you go over there and stand or I'm going to punch you. <laughs> and evil, it was dead fucking man. No, just mad, mad as the fuck. The big angry bear just woke up from his hibernation. And <laughs> <laughs> the koala got denied Qantas. <laughs> um, fucker up here trying to take my bamboo. <laughs> what do bamboos eat? No, or koalas eat? They eat. Exclusively, yeah, exclusively. They they are actually a genetic. They're actually an evolutionary failure. They're one of those that should just die because they are completely. They're almost completely defenseless. They're, you know what I mean? Like they've been. They're adorable. They are. I. I, I you showed me that video the of the kangaroo. That kangaroo was a motherfucker, buddy. He took that punch like a champ. Kangaroos are jacked. Boom. He's like. Did you see the video, the the edited video that has Conor McGregor? Yeah, you said it to me. (laughs) If you guys can find it, somebody edited the video of the guy punching the koala, and when he runs, when he walks away, or not the koala, but the kangaroo, when he when he runs away from the kangaroo, Conor McGregor comes in and hits him with a four punch combo, and then starts ground and pounding him, and Big John McCarthy comes in and pulls him off, which I thought was the funniest part. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, those the kangaroos people have such a. And wildlife in general, you know, they have such an, a, a, a Disney esque idea of what these are animals. These, it's like when the chimp, all the chimps so cute. Every chimp you see somebody carrying in a movie or interacting with is, is either a newborn or a non mature chimp, an immature chimp. You never, never <laughs> interact with a full on male chimp. He will fucking Kill you. He will eat your face and rip your arm right off your body, and he's capable of doing it. Which is what gorillas won't. Like uh, they're mostly bluster. They're just like yeah. they're way stronger. I know I can I can rip your head off, but I don't even eat. They, they don't even eat meat. The gorillas. No, they're vegetarians. Yeah, there's that's why they got the big gut. Big giant vegetarians with huge balls and tiny dicks. Well, and vegetarians. You know, I've gotten into this. We'll go into that for a second. Vegetarians in general, okay? We're all over the place. It is fake news. <laughs> terrible <laughs> impressions. We're really getting into it. We're squeezing a lot in this first ten minutes. <laughs> we're getting we're getting the fat. We're getting the fat in. <laughs> this is going to be a, a twenty minute episode. It's all fat. <laughs> <laughs> um, vegetarians. All filler, no killer. <laughs> Isn't that the opposite? Of, that's the opposite of the seven forty one album. Yeah. <laughs> all all killer, no filler. Yeah. Um, vegetarians have, uh, you know, and you're free to eat how you want. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good thing, and I and I admire your choice. Thank and, you. And I think, well, not not you, buddy. You eat just as much fucking meat as I do. Um, almost no. exclusively. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Like my diet is, I'd say it's a good ninety percent meat at this point. Never felt better. To be quite honest. I eat a lot of broccoli. But no, when I eat vegetables, out. I feel sick. So <laughs> I'm, you're introducing something new, and you're like, "Oh no!" Well, no, I went on a kick where I ate it for a long time, and I thought I felt really great. But then I started, I, I my my gallbladder acted up really bad and made me really sick because it's breaking down all the fiber that was in it. I guess I overdid it, like I did everything. 
You know, I, you sort of do. You, yeah. you go ham. You go. Uh, you go in full fist. I do, but that's you're not nec- that's everything. not necessarily a bad thing in in a lot of not things. Really. You know, it's. But you're a very passionate lover. I am indeed, sir. <laughs> on, the, on the next hour of Pillow Fort Radio, <laughs> Dutch and Chuck find out how Chuck how passionate Chuck really is. <laughs> we br- we bring in a broad, and I just and I just watch as you ravage her. <laughs> oh, he's tearing her bra right off. Look at oh, that. it's like it's like a bear ta- or a tiger taking down a gazelle. It's crazy. Like a slow tiger. <laughs> Yeah, a slow, chubby tiger. <laughs> tiger breathing heavy. <laughs> I didn't know tigers sweat. <laughs> um, the vegetarian thing, they they actually kill more animals than meat eaters. They kill do. just as much, yeah. No, they kill more. Because uh, the unless you're farming your own vegetables, there's big machines yeah. that are going over these things and, and harvesting dis- them and killing ground-nesting birds, moles. Not only that, but a lot of the stuff they're growing. Bugs. Why, the, why the fuck does anybody give a shit about bugs? Because like they're, a, a they're ve- not cute. A vegan will, will smack a fly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to kill that thing. Why are you going to kill it? It's just trying to exist. I'm going to kill it because fuck that thing. Well, I try not to even, to be honest, and I've, and I've, Broken myself of this because I, I just thought it was well. You're just being cunty, but I wouldn't even put spiders outside. Like pick them up and put them outside. I don't like killing them because I know they're beneficial. Spiders are. If we didn't have spiders and snakes and all the things that people hate, we would be knee deep in vermin. You know, it, mm-hmm. they 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 kill so much and are such a such efficient killers. Bats. So, bats are awesome. You should encourage bats in your house. Not try to take them away. I don't want them in my house. Well, I've had you, them in my you house. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, can, you can have a bat house. I, I want to get a bat house. Yeah, you can put a bat house up yeah. back and they'll go they'll chill there. Yeah. And they'll make sure that there's not so many bugs. We we as a species, human beings, and this has been changed in some parts of the world, especially Asia, of course. I can't get a date because I'm no fun. Wong. Um <laughs> they live with the earth instead instead of in spite of it, you know. So we, especially in the United States where our culture is so young and we're such massive consumers of everything, to live another way is against. I don't know what happened there. Is against what, you know, what a lot of, what a lot of Americans think. You know, you're a tree hugger because, you know, I, I want to live more in harmony with my planet because I'll be healthier and feel better. It's a completely selfish reason. <laughs> Can we talk about how excited I am that Netflix has so many old kung fu movies on it right now? Have you <laughs> noticed that? I haven't looked through Netflix in a couple of days. Oh. There are a fuck ton of them. <laughs> the Five Deadly Venoms. Oh, really? Uh, 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Some they're bitch. all fucking on there. And there's a movie I wanted to talk to you about that I think looks really neat, and we might want to watch it. <laughs> um, it's called The Tiger, and it's about um, the last tiger in Korea, and they send this guy to kill it. And it sounds like a little bit, a, a bit like The Ghost in the Darkness, but that movie was just had so much potential. <laughs> I'm just playing gong sound effects. I don't know why this is hilarious to me. <laughs> and I know you're getting ready to play him. I keep talking. Here's the next one. Oh, that's a good one. Gongs. 
We're all the gongs. So the the old uh, Zach Galifianakis joke. Every time, every I have an Asian roommate, and every time he comes in, I play. And they ask me, "Why do you always do that when I come in?" And I say. Because I don't have a gong. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how some racial humor is okay and some is not? Well, this was also 15 years ago. Yeah. I still think it's okay because it's funny. And he's not actually being mean. He's, he's just. Well, I, I'm waiting for. He's busting balls with his roommate. Did, are there comedians who make black jokes? Like. Yeah, sure. I'm, it's been a while since I've heard one, but. I would think that Doug Stanhope would get on, in on that, would say something that was just completely, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah, fuck. Hey, go fuck yourself. Nobody I'm cares. I'm sure he has. I can't really think of one right now. Um, he had that brilliant bit about m- the mental health thing, how there's two camps of mental health. There's the one camp, which is what they used to call retarded, which is now mentally challenged or development mentally disabled. Mm-hmm. And there's the other camp that's just crazy. Yeah. And one camp everybody loves and wants to take care of, and the other camp – Nobody cares about, and they just throw them out. Right. And Gabby Gifford, the uh, the uh, senator lady from Arizona that got shot, he said she voted against mental, like a mental health program in Arizona. And the irony is that a, a somebody from Camp Two that nobody cares about came and shot her and put her into Camp One. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a really That's good, a good joke. fucking joke. I mean, obviously he tells it better than me. There's nuance. There's it's like a 15 minute long thing that he goes into. You could be a good stand up comedian. I would be a great stand. Are you serious? All I need is uh, a point of view, <laughs> caring about something, talent, writing skills, <laughs> delivery, delivery. It's not delivery. <laughs> It's DiGiorno. Hey! <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. I'm here all week. <laughs> hey, have you guys heard about this weather? Huh? <laughs> anyway, airplane food. Am I right? <laughs> Men and women are different. <laughs> I mean, right, sir? I you mean, get it. I mean, women with uh, men with commitment. Hey, come on, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see Stan Hope's new one, though. <laughs> no, I, Patton Oswalt had a point about that, that, you know, the comedy boom, he had a whole bit about that, how, you know, he said, you got to see people, he said he loved when it crashed, because during it, you had people that were good, but who cares, like, you know, if you hear like airline food, and nobody fucking cares, you know, he's yeah. like, they're good, but their act is uninspired and all kinds of shit, and then he said, well, there was a lot of people getting pushed to the spotlight, they weren't ready. Well, there's a lot of people who there's, were never going to now. be ready. There's, that's happening a lot now. A lot of those dudes that were getting a lot of play in the 80s. In the, in Remember the John Panette? He's, he died a few years ago. But yeah, I know, great. but he was a good comedian. A lot of those guys um, that were getting to the spotlight, getting pushed in the spotlight in the 80s before they were ready are still doing the same jokes today in little little comedy clubs just going around. It's like Still Jerry, doing the same act. It's like Jerry Seinfeld, and i got to be honest, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Jerry Seinfeld oh, got a hot take. He's he's a hack. No, he's not. Oh, come on, be he, honest. He still does. He does the same act, and he does it over and over. No, he he's he a polisher. I, okay, let me take it back. He's not a hack. Okay, he's not. I take it back because I really like his act. I'm telling you, for the last time, is one of the funniest acts I've ever heard. When he's talking about, but he talks about airlines. He talks about. Well, you can. He do doesn't it. talk about food though. He talks about you know the that one of his funniest bits is the. <laughs> razor blade slot in the bathroom. Yeah. He's like, for one thing, who's shaving on the plane? 
<laughs> and that's funny because he's like, yeah, who would shave on the plane? He's like, and shaving so much, they're using up razor blades. <laughs> it's like, what is the wolf man in there? <laughs> it, it was funny, but uh, the, the, that a lot of people think those are hacky premises. But I mean, it is if, if you're if you're a hack, but somebody brilliant can do it. They he can, is okay. He is a brilliant comedian, but he's not brilliant in the way that I. Prefer my comedians. Okay, yeah. he like doesn't, he doesn't really have a stance or a point of view, right? You, I, I'm more, a political. You like a little bit more tradi- uh, nutrition in your comedy. Yeah, I, you know I like I mean? your politics. Black. Yeah, uh, politics a lot. You know, um, I David Cross I like, but he's such a cunt. <laughs> um, even though everything he said in Make America Great Again is absolutely fucking correct, but he's one of those people that caused Trump to get elected. He's one of them. He's not backing down either. Nobody is, I don't think. Well, that's the thing. That's what I love about it. You know, they're like, yeah, fuck him. Fuck you. Fuck him. What What the fuck are you going to do about it? I like the fact that they are standing up and being brave and being like, fuck him. I hate that motherfucker. And I'm not going to stop hating him. And I'm not going to ca- stop calling you stupid because you're obviously stupid. You know what I mean? That's respectable. However, it's what divides. And I don't. You have to be. F- I don't agree with it. When I, I don't. I don't think that it's – I mean, because I have friends on the other side of the aisle, and I don't hate them. I love them. They're my friends. They're not going to stop being my friends because I differ with them politically. They're gonna, not going to stop being my family because I differ with them politically. What? The, how the fuck does it affect me or them? It doesn't. The only thing that affects me is that I can have a conversation with them and we can have a discussion. And if it gets really bad, an argument. But you know what's going to happen at the end of that argument? We're not going to stop. We're not going to start hating each other. We're going to blow each other. Well, yeah. I, I just think it's ridiculous. completion. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous how, you know, and even though I agree with both both sides, you know, on certain things, the left is politically correct. Yeah, you can't say fucking anything. You, you can't. You're not allowed to say anything. You're not allowed to drop anything racial, even if it's true. You're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to on the, but you're also, you know, it's not okay to make up shit and, you know, say things like, you know, like that fucking alt-right moron, that fucktard who went on fucking some show and said that white people are responsible for agriculture and building the pyramids and all that shit. And I said, we're so fucking not. You're so fucking stupid and uninformed. And you're both stupid and uninformed. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, both, I mean, side, both sides. Yes. So it's uh, the echo chambers. They Everybody lives in their own bubble. And, and I did. And, I, and you were right. Like, because, you know, I, I like... Discussions with people who know shit Because it makes me look at things from a different point of view Because I'm willing to look at things from a different point of view Because I'm not so arrogant in my points of view And it's fucking So many people are Yes, I know I mean, you can't even mention it Well, flag burning is a freedom of expression They lose their fucking mind They can't stand that It's a piece of cloth made in China It represents nothing Bill Hicks said it best (laughs) He did say it best He said Isn't that his joke? He said it's not the fucking flag It's not what He said it's what that flag it's a piece of cloth that they're burning. It's not America. They're <laughs> burning the fucking piece of cloth to show that they have the freedom to fucking burn the piece of cloth. That's what they're doing. That's the whole fucking thing about it. None of them really hate America. Well, I'm sure a few. A, Some people a, probably a, do. Yeah, but, but you know what? Fuck them too. Yeah. Fuck them too. Fuck everybody. Fuck I, I don't. That, I don't fuck hate anybody that does anything. I don't. Hate, <laughs> I don't hate America. And, and, and the more I've read in the, the shit America has pulled, I don't hate it. It's like loving a chick. It's like loving a beautiful woman. Woman with a broken nose. You love her anyway. But I don't know about all that. <laughs> How'd she get that broken nose? Yeah, I, I gave it to her. She, she mouthed off one too yeah, many times. Exactly. 
I mean, oh, oh, tuna you going to burn the chicken again? <laughs> tuna casserole is not going to cook itself. I mean, I get home, it's not cooked. You got to take one. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to get a knuckle sandwich. Yeah. Guess what's on the menu tonight? <laughs> five upside your lip. <laughs> what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. Ah, <laughs> oh, Charlie, my <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I'm just, I'm sticking to that, that I, and I, I'm not, wrong in saying this i have completely tuned out the political process if you haven't noticed i don't really give a shit i mean it's just i i, I see things like i've been uh reading about this pizzagate thing which is just yeah i don't even know what ridiculous. that really is about i mean you know what it might be true i don't know it might be true <laughs> I, stranger things have happened the the catholic church has been a pedophile ring for hundreds of years I actually, yeah, you know, so, I actually, and that you is know, true. You know that I actually read up on that, and it's in American Holocaust why it's that way, and 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 why. All right, bear with me. The roar. Catholic, <laughs> the Catholic, <laughs> roar, roar, the Catholic, daddy. The Catholic Church, uh, that thing where they don't have wives, wives and children and all that stuff. That's a one eighty from their basis of belief. That forever they had wives, and that's just well, no, no. I'm not even talking about Christianity is an offshoot of Judaism. To be a rabbi, a leader in the church of of, of Judaism, how awesome is it that rabbi is just one letter away from being rabbit? That is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And they do like carrots. They do. I mean, they carrots and hamakas. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. But rabbis. Until they're leaders of a, of a community responsible for education, your relationship with God, all those things. They see, like I've always, like I've been saying, and when I said in my, my more rabid moments when I hated Christianity and Islam really bad, I don't hate them anymore. I just don't understand them. They, Judaism is, they've done it for so long that they've gotten it right. They had to go through that shitty period where we're going to wipe everybody out and kill everybody. And now they're just like, ah, fuck it. Ah. <laughs> Oy. Are we going to light the candle? Ah, fuck it. Who cares? It's fucking hot. Can nobody fucking. Here's your fucking pencil set and here's your fucking notebook. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. I mean, I can't. It's Friday night and I can't flip the lights. It, it is a. It is weird. It's a less demonstrative point of uh, way of belief, but it is stronger and it's it, it's it's like an oak tree. It is it is started from an acorn and is not demonstrative. It is not something that is you know that's flashy and all that stuff like Christianity and Islam. Islam is the youngest religion by far. That's why they're going through their well, Scientology is pretty young. I'm talking about of the big three. Scientology is one of the Abrahamic shit. religions. Yeah, but the sand religions. Yes, of of the desert. <laughs> you know who had to steal all the pagans' holidays because they're no fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you love to point that out. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do often, but I don't care. Um, I don't care. Kevin Meany. <laughs> yep. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Rest in peace, Kevin Meany. That guy was funny yeah, as he was fuck. Great. He was a good comedian. Um, gay. Was he gay? Came out at 50. Good for him. Had a kid and everything. Stayed best friends with his uh, ex-wife. That's awesome. Good for him, man. That's one thing that's bothered me is the- uh, Is that you're gay and you want to come out? <laughs> no. <laughs> you can come out. Go ahead. Tell everybody. Sure, I'm gay. I don't care. <laughs> See? He said it in one of the first episodes. We're all gay. He said it, and now that's true. Now it comes actually, to fruition. I mean, it's it's actually true to a large extent. That we're all gay. But that that as being you look, you'll take a hot load down your throat right now. No, it does not appeal. I'll to, work one up. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you can get it straight from the tap. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like frothy Mountain Dew. Mm. <laughs> I, drink, I do drink a lot of Mountain Dew. I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm betting. Just on. Sitting here with a two liter of Mountain Dew and <laughs> two one liter of my ass. A vat. You've got a vat. I've got a fifty five gallon it's, drum. It's, it's not even fucking. It's the syrup. You don't even have the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even mix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even drink it. I just shoot it into my veins. <laughs> um, but I was saying that. Uh, they've been doing their religion for so long as a part of their culture now. Yeah, now we did not are just culturally Jewish. Exactly, mostly. Well, it's Jewish people can be Jewish and also parts of other communities. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's one of their, the strengths of their culture after the, after the diaspora is that they were able to go and work their way into these other cultures and be of that culture, but still be Jewish. That's one thing that sets them apart that other people don't like. Well, they're insidious. No, they look just like they us. like are they 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 like some things about their culture that they want to retain. So they do that, but yet they're able to embrace outside cultures, and they do. And they don't whine if somebody else from another culture does their thing. Like, exactly, like That's, white people like to do. Nobody else cares. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's social justice. White people love to whine whenever. A white person learns to make really good tacos because that's not part of their culture. Well, this sushi, sushi. Well, the, big one. okay, and I've been guilty of this myself—the cultural appropriation thing. If you put something out there and you want it to want people to like it, you think people aren't going to imitate it? Imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. It's great. I, I don't like Igazelli's work, but I don't hate her anymore. And I think she got a lot of hatred because she's a pretty white girl from Australia who came over here and did, did hip hop. You know what? Good. Who cares? Isn't that what you want? You want? To yeah. Spread you want? Don't, don't, no. But, see, that's the thing. We want it to spread, but not. And you know, what did Paul Mooney say? You know, and this is the point of view that a lot of people from that camp have. Everybody want to be a nigga. Nobody want to be a nigga. Well, you know what? If you throw your culture out there and people want to imitate it, and then when they do, shut the fuck up. If you want them to imitate it, and they do, keep your fucking. If mouth it wasn't shut. for so-called cultural appropriation, we'd have never had the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. Absolutely, that's. Led I mean, Zeppelin. That, Led Zeppelin straight up stole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they straight up stole. I, I I'm can just, pull up some I, I'm, videos of that. I'm saying I don't. I don't get that. You know, it's like okay, uh, one of the, one of the big ones. I'm I'm going to bring up St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. On that day, everybody gets to be Irish, and you know what? Good. I'm happy and. You know, in my opinion, I won the genetic lottery by being part of that race. I'm not proud of it because I understand what you guys were saying. I'd be proud of it. I don't care. No, 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 no. But I looked at it in those terms and actually saw that that's true. I'm not proud of it because I have nothing to be proud of. You know, I'm just I'm happy that I'm a part of that because I get to explore that part of who I am. Yeah. And that's a cool thing. And you don't hear Irish people screaming and crying because every March 13th or whatever, St. Patrick's Day is 14th. They don't. See, they, they don't. Like, How dare you? Well, that's the thing, too, is that marginalize us by wearing green and getting drunk. Well, and, and the thing I like best about that is I posted those things on purpose, the Irish watching things, you know, and is there another is there a, a, a more chill group of people? Don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, they're just. Yeah. My favorite one was when they're watching Boondock Saints, and you expect them to be upset, and they're just giggling about it. They're like, they just make us have to be drunks. Look at this. Nobody wears the sweaters. <laughs> yeah. That's cable net. We're not wearing that shit. And it showed, And one, yeah, of, the, one of the coolest things is one of them is a black guy. He's a black Irish guy. And he's- Oh, that'd be that'd be fun to see that accident come out of a black guy. It was, it was cool. He was, he, was like, he was really cool about it. They were, watching Game of, they were watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> and they had never seen it. And they were like, because Sean Bean's on it. And they said, well, here's an Irishman. You know, they were talking about it. And no idea he was Irish. Sean Bean's Irish. I just figured yeah. British. He's a, uh, he's actually has played an Irishman 
because he is one on a couple of occasions. Uh, he was in um, any which way but loose. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Clyde. The band. <laughs> P- playing Clyde is quite a stretch. Clyde is that the uh, that's the, the orangutan. <laughs> 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 That funny as shit. <laughs> um, no, he was in uh, Patriot Games with Harrison Ford. He played an, an IRA guy. Harrison Ford. Give me back my family. Um, Get off my plane. <laughs> I, I And I love... Um, hey, that's a good movie. The, the Anything with the IRA involved is going to be fertile ground because that is... Re- is it the Irish Resistance? Irish Republican Army. Okay, okay. And that is... Such still a tragedy, still a tragedy that that these two groups, Northern Ireland considers themselves part of the crown, and I've worn the Northern Irish shirt. If you before. want it, you can have the crown. King without the crown. That's the uh, Sturgill Simpson song. Oh yeah. Hey, Sturgill Simpson got nominated for uh, album of the year on the, at the Grammys. Not country album of the year. He did get nominated for that too. Neat. But album of the year. That's awesome. Alongside Beyonce. If he doesn't and win next people, to her, yeah, that's well, she's going to uh, win. But, well, no, I want. But did no, you see here's what, he what I want did to you happen. See what he's selling. No. He did an interview, and uh, at the end of it, he said, "There's a lot of people waking up today reading these nominations, saying who the fuck is Sturgill Simpson, and now he has a shirt they're selling. He's selling on his website who the fuck is Sturgill Simpson. That's fucking awesome. Fucking I need to awesome. get that. I'm going to get that. That dude's going to be. I wish he he's going to be huge. He's not going to. He's terrific. He's he's tremendous. My mom. I feel my like mom turns I, into a rabid dog when Trump does this. She fucking hates it. I feel like we're a little bit responsible for uh, Sturgill's success. I, we're at least partially responsible. Everybody, I, everybody I know, I've played it for him, and they all like it. And uh, we played it on here a lot. Yeah, we've talked about him a lot. How he's a CIA operative. Um. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it came straight from Wheeler Walker Jr.'s mouth. So. Wheeler Walker. Wheeler Walker Jr. Jr. <laughs> um, I I just, I think it's tremendous that, but I, here's the reason I want Sturgill to win. Terrific. Is that uh, I want him to be accepting the award and Kanye try to pull his shit and Sturgill <laughs> just blast him right in the fucking nah, he face. He say anything to him. He wouldn't give a fuck. What I would want him to do is do what Eddie Vedder did whenever they won uh, in like '93, and they just go up and Eddie and they accept. He grabs the award. I don't know what this means. I guess it doesn't mean anything. And then they walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you come, Eddie? Why did you come? Did you see Fiona Apple's acceptance speech? Uh, yeah, kicked her ass right out of the fucking industry. She was done after she said that. Yeah, she she got there. She's fine though. Huh? She's fine though. Is she? Yeah, she does. She's she. Uh, once you establish yourself as a good singer songwriter and mm-hmm. stuff, and they give you a little bit of fame, yeah. You, it, all you need is twenty thousand people that like you, and then you. And whenever you um, make your records on your own little label, and you send them out to people who order them, you're going to be fine. All right, and you can tour the country and and do little shit, little shindig bars it's like and shit. Ray Lamontagne. Yeah, you don't need you don't need the big machine anymore with uh, the internet. She's fine. One of my favorites that has come up, and she's also fine. Oh, she well, a little bit skinny. She's a little thin she's, for me. She's beautiful. She's wife-ish. Yeah. She's she's kind of delicate. She could, she could use a sandwich, but she's dirty. You can you can just tell yeah, she's yeah. a filthy broad. I'm still a Dominican poison guy. Well, she, of course I, you are. I'm in her camp. You know, unless she doesn't speak English. So. <laughs> And she's got those milky slap around. <laughs> those big old fucking heavy bags. <laughs> you practice your combos on them. You never know. Come walking in here one day, just 
uh, agog with pleasure. I'd be like, she did triple X, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and pull it up and put it right in your face. <laughs> just, just We're gaunt. having a family dinner. <laughs> your mom's, mom's going to be sitting there. <laughs> my nieces and... Miss, Mrs. Underwood, hold on for a second. We've been waiting for this for a long time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mom, you have to watch Put down this. the mashed potatoes. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Look at her She's taking it like a champ My god She's gonna kill that guy But it There's <laughs> two in one hole um, <laughs> No cultural appropriation Like uh, Boy how do we get back to that I, I just I, I don't I think it's horse shit I think that Nicki Minaj Throwing a big fit over shit Is dumb shit I can't fucking What about her. Halloween costumes <sighs> I don't know. People get mad I about don't know. Halloween costumes and scream and cry. My, it's my culture, not a costume. Well, well, I mean, uh, Halloween's a time when you do whatever and it doesn't matter. Okay. Like, maybe, maybe don't put blackface on, but. Okay, then, okay. Here's, here's a point then. Why is blackface not okay and such, a, people are such up on arms about it, but it's already right dressed up like a Native American? That's horseshit. It's not all right. That's complete fucking horseshit. It's not all no, right. No, it is all right. People still do it and nobody's going to lose their fucking mind when they do that. Let me go up and dress up like Al fucking Jolson and walk down the street and see what happens. Person- I'll get blasted. Personally, I don't care. I know I, you don't care. I know I, I, I don't, but like if a politician, a polit- like a famous person, you probably shouldn't do either one. Like no, Ted Danson, Ted Danson did it, <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious. By the way, how come Montel Williams lost his shit? And Whoopi Goldberg told Montel Williams to go fuck. He was dating. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he did a bit. Go fuck yourself. Shut the fuck up. It nobody, wasn't funny. He went cares. for something that didn't work. Yeah, that's all he did. Yeah, but uh, uh, how come Robert Downey Jr. didn't get any trouble for? Because, because it was, was done because he was firmly in cheek. He was playing a person who was doing pl- it. Yes, that's what it was. Okay. With that that removal from it. How did? How come there wasn't a big stink on? It's always sunny when he dressed up. Yeah, like, yes, yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious. The whole episode because he's a because I think they can get away. They're almost like a cartoon. Yeah, because in cartoons you can get away with a lot. And well, I think always not, they took a lot of those cartoons off the air. They don't show them anymore. Well, I'm talking about Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's for family, South Park, South Park. Oh yeah, they, they get away with whatever they want. Well, the the undercase tees lit on fire for a time to go. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> you know what scares rich people? Ghosts. <laughs> and I was watching that in absolute stunned brilliance. Br- I was like, this is fucking. Are they really doing this? They're doing this. <laughs> They're doing it. They're really going for it. <laughs> Nobody said shit. No. They did, but I showed it to my friend Matt, and he thought it was the funniest fucking shit he'd ever seen. See, that's the thing. It's not black people who get offended usually. It's other white people. Yeah. We... Ooh, I farted. Uh, that's that Shoney's fart, dude. That's that Shoney's fart, <sighs> brother. Be wafting over here. So. <sighs> Started off the day with... Slim Jim Sandwich! Shoney's breakfast bar, and I know better, but yeah. it is pretty tasty. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Those liquid eggs. Mm. But uh, what was I talking? Oh, always sunny. Like everybody on that show is a buffoon. Yeah. So they can get away with stuff because they're just playing the most ridiculous people. I was I was wondering this cross universing. Um, what if Wade Wilson from Deadpool? You know how he threatened people. What if he <laughs> told Charlie to stop stalking the waitress? Do you think Charlie would stop? He probably would. I don't think he would. I don't think you I would. love that we don't know her name. Like, have they ever given her a name in the show? They have. I, I think they did, but forever it was just the waitress. The waitress, yeah. No, isn't Charlie married to her in real life? I think he is. And then uh, D and uh, Kate Mac. Yeah, they're married. They're married. John, uh, what's his name? Uh, McElhenney. Rob. Rob McElhenney. 
He's he's a proud Irishman. He's always wearing Irish stuff. I think that's part of the character. Well, no, I, <laughs> no. I, I mean, yeah, but you know that he uh, he, he makes those wardrobe choices. You know, he's oh yeah. yeah so <laughs> he, he makes those ridiculous shirts that he wears. Yeah, you, you can everybody can get them now. I want that one where Charlie is wearing the one with the leprechaun wrestling the jackalope. Aaron has the uh, birds of prey. When they were the wrestling yeah. group, I think I there's one that, that says there's one that says uh, Kelly and Kelly specializing in bird law, attorneys yeah. at law. It's got it's got a justice scale and two birds sitting on it. It's fucking great. His uncle Jack was a lawyer too. Yeah, Charlie, couple of guys getting crazy. He's so fucking creepy. <laughs> he really is creepy. Yeah, a creepy ass character. Great show. I've seen him in other stuff. Speaking of great shows, okay, uh, watch Fury. That's a that's a movie. It is a move. It's pretty good. Though. It's a film. Is this uh, favorite things? Yeah. Do I need to play the? Let's, uh, let's go into that because there's that's actually a, a a string of things I can talk about. Let me find the theme song real quick. There it is. Play. Raindrops yeah. on roses. Blah blah, blah, blah. Whiskers on kittens. Blah blah. blah. Copper kettles and warm Here it is. This theme song is the thing we do. Now look at us keeping with the context, huh? These are a few of my bits. We've got bits. Uh, Full of them. All right. <laughs> uh, World War Two movies. You are that age. Yeah, you getting to that. Well, age? I've been that age for most of my life. I've always liked World War Two movies. I remember my stepdad and my dad both like them, so they would watch them. I remember the first one I remember seeing is uh, Bridge of the River, River Kwai. I remember that, but not in detail. And apparently, I haven't watched it. To be quite honest, I don't know that I have either. I it, apparently, did. it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, I I put is that, is that John Wayne? No, it's I feel like it's, it's Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness is in that one. J- Jimmy Stewart. He's on it. He should be in it though. Jimmy Stewart's It'd be cool if he was. War, there were some shit World War Two movies that came out like during and like right after. Um, I I think the best ones like um, I think the best World War Two movie Shaving Rounds Privates. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um. Saving Private Ryan is probably the best one. That storming of the beach of Normandy is pretty fucking brutal. Like it's the most honest, you know. Um, Inglorious Bastards counts, even though it's completely fictional. Yeah, you know, I love it. It's, uh, the best. It's, it's so good. But that's just because. And I would count Indiana Jones movies in there uh, as World War II movies because they're dealing with Nazis and all that stuff. And um, Ca- Captain America is a World War II movie. Captain, I-, I love Cap. That's the first. Captain America movie is amazing. The second one's just as good, but in its own way. I like the third one an awful lot. Yeah, I do too. Uh, they're just they're the best Marvel movies. It's gonna be on Netflix soon. Watch it again. There is a rumor that uh, Wolverine is going to be in the next Avengers movie or Captain America movie, which would be fucking great. Um, but anyway, let's back to World War Two movie. There's uh, the Great Escape. That's a good one. Great Gatsby. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Yeah, well. um, Fury. Just watch Fury. Yeah, we were on that, and then, yeah. and then we stopped. And it was really fucking good. Everything it did was... And it's mostly just in the tank. Yeah. It's mostly just... I, I remember it, saying it was, it's mostly just the four or five guys in the tank. Well, I, I just... I don't know. I, I don't know what makes Fury so... I, I mean, I, I know what makes it so great. It's nuance. Everything is so nuanced. You know, it, it's... Brad Pitt's performance, again, like we were talking about, if... If out of rain, the yeah. out of the Apache had a twin brother that was utterly humorless, a and, little bit more serious of a guy. Yeah, 
then that would be him. But that character was fucking great. Like, and John Bernthal did a great job. And uh, Shia LaBeouf did a tremendous Shia job. Shia LaBeouf, for as crazy as he is, which I think a lot of that is... Uh, is An affectation. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. He probably is a little crazy, but he's... Well, being thrust in the spotlight at such a young age would do something to yeah, you. Yeah, he's, he's a really good actor. He's always been a really good actor. Like I loved him in Holes. Holes, I've never watched it, but apparently it's a really good movie. It's pretty good. It's fine. That's fine. It's it's, it's, it's Texas. It's for teenagers, I guess. Yeah. Um, I I love the fact that in uh that in those in in the, war movies sometimes show the brutality of war, and they show that both sides suffer. You know, but in Fury. There were a couple moments, I think this is on purpose, when they killed the SS guys and you cheered because you wanted those fuckers dead. Like when they hung, that's actually something that I don't know if they appropriated that or if it's something that actually happened and George R. R. Martin appropriated it uh, for his story. When they hung the kids on those posts leading into Germany to those towns and said they wouldn't fight for the fatherland. I wonder if the Nazis actually did that. I'm sure they did. That's that's something they would do. Seems pretty Nazi-esque. Well, it's German-esque. There's actually a thing, and I can't remember. And they still do do stuff like that today, like in uh, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan. Yeah, but it was a uniquely German thing for a while. It was. It's it's actually a policy that they that von Molke, the guy who put together. It sounds like a delicious chocolate. It, it really does, <laughs> but he was not a delicious fellow. Let me tell you that. Um, that depends on your point of view. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, in World War One, it was they asked him. You know, he was acknowledging the brutality of war, and they said it's going to be brutal. And they said, "Well, how do you cut down the brutality? What do you do? Is you just finish them quick, knock them the fuck out, and make sure they don't get up. That way, you can do it fast, and very few lives are." Or wasted that way. He said, but do it as, as fierce and as mean as you can, like as quick as you can, and end it. And that's what the Germans tried to do. It's a policy called frightfulness, where they just scared the shit out of you with the things that they did. And they did terrible things. And that today it's called terrorism. Yeah. And, and that's why they had the, the, the skull epaulets and the, and the stuff on their hats and all that stuff, because they, they believed that. And it actually worked in large part because the Nazis, if you really think about it, you know, the World War II army is actually the best imitation of the World War One army that they can come up with. It's not the World War II army, as good as it was, is not the greatest army of all time. This is Dan Carlin's point of view, and I happen to agree with him because I've read up on it and saw it. World War One, that German army army is possibly the greatest army that ever walked the earth. Most best equipped, most efficient. Are you saying they're better than America? I'm absolutely saying they're better than America. <laughs> not that we weren't uh, American troops, and this is not just jingoism. We were scrappy young upstarts. Well, that's the thing. That's not bullshit when they said American troops were tough. American troops were known for their toughness, but that's after a while. American troops were known for their shittiness to begin with. They were actually bad troops, and then the and the see the, the thing about it was that they were being commanded by British officers, and even in World War One and, and into World War Two, British officers were notoriously bad. Like they would talk about uh, the old contemptibles, the 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 BOE, the uh, British no British expeditionary BEF, the British expeditionary force that they sent to fight in World War One were fucking terrifying individuals. They were the most hardened, battle hardened, real battle hardened, highly trained, best equipped, 
meanest motherfuckers on the planet. They, I mean, they had fought the Boer War. They fought the Zulu. They were, you know, this is when the sun did not set on the British Empire, and they were constantly having to fight to protect their interests. But they were a small group. But they were so good with their rifles. They were riflemen. They did not have machine guns, really. They did, but they weren't. That's what they were known for. They were fighting a German force, and the German force swore that they had machine guns, and they didn't because they were just so fast and accurate and were just mow motherfuckers down. And they and it was said about the British. They asked a German. They said, "What is? What about the British troops? Are as good as as good as they say?" He said, "They fight like lions." However, lucky for us, they're commanded by donkeys <laughs> because because they talked about how bad John uh, John French was and and uh, all these guys who commanded the British armies and um, whether they were bad or not is a matter of opinion. But that was a reputation that even carried into World War II because they talked about. How, well, we're fighting the Americans who are the worst troops and they're commanded by the British who are the worst leaders. How can we not win? That's one of the things that Rommel said, actually. And then he ran into Patton. Rommel, Rommel. And then he ran into Patton who fucking shellacked him. So, because Patton was a brilliant general. But that's what I love about Fury is that. I don't know what's going on. There's a little bit of a buzz. <laughs> no, it's mine or yours over there. Airplane mode. Um, but, uh, in Fury, it showed that was one of the. You remember one of the first thing that pops up, the fact that American tanks were just vastly inferior to the Germans. Yeah, they were every bit, every bit of, of of weapon we had was inferior to what the Germans had. However, the Germans, that was their downfall. It's so bitterly ironic is the fact that their shit was so good. They're they're they got lazy. So comp. No, it was so complex. Oh, you couldn't just have any. Yeah, a Tiger tank would take. I'm just shooting this one out, but I've heard something to this effect. A Tiger tank would take a a team of 50 mechanics, 10 hours to tear down. (laughs) And and it's pretty complex. Yes. They said that you can take two mechanics and tear down an Abram tank in two hours and fix it. They used to call them pillboxes because they were, their armor was light. They were not necessarily fast, you know, but we can produce a lot of them. So in this, they you see that because they actually have a fight with a tiger tank who fucks them up. Remember that they're just just blowing the fucking shit out of them, and they can't even pierce the armor. They have to get around behind them where the fucking armor is weak. And that Brad Pitt knows that he said he flank him, flank him, flank him, get behind him, or we're fucking lost. That's what I love about it. His character, he never loses it, except when he's off by himself and he's got that he's got PTSD so bad he can't even, shell shock so bad he can't even stand it, and. That's what I love about the character. He completely holds it together until there's a time where he can go off and not hold it together. Yeah. And that's what makes it's like a dad. Yeah. It's what makes the character. <laughs> it's great. like the, uh, the dad that is cal- calm, cool and collected whenever the bills are behind whenever, whenever everybody's in bed, he stays up and drinks <laughs> or, uh, like Bill Burr said, Bill Burr has uh, talked about that temple to the man where he's on the plane and he said that one guy, ah! He's like, shut the fuck up Push your fucking feelings down Act like you got some answers Do some mad shit right now (laughs) Yeah, that's And that's, you know that's I've had to figure that out I used to, you know I used to cry in front of my daughter and and lose it when I felt so bad. No, you can't. There's nothing. Well, wrong no, with that. I know that, but I but I'm saying I do it less now. She knows I'm emotional. She knows I care, but I try to always be calm, no matter what the situation. I wasn't always that way, and you can't do that. I've you always you got to do. I've always been calm. I have never. <laughs> I was not raised to be calm, so it's hard for me to be calm. And 
actually being friends with you guys has helped me to be more calm because I see things from, <laughs> I was, from a I've calm always point. been calm. Like my dad taught me how to be calm. Like, yeah. To be cool under pressure, like playing baseball. Right. Like when I first started like pitching stuff, I would I would lose my shit if things weren't going well. And he just said, just sing. Just when you're out on the mound, mm-hmm. just sing in your head. And I would sing twist and shout in the, in my head. That's neat. Yeah, and then and then I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. I would be in the middle of the chorus, oh, shake it up, babe, doing the wind up, and right. then all of a sudden I'm throwing and throwing some heat. when you're not thinking, I didn't really throw all that hard, but I had good control. Okay, and I'm a big giant lefty, yeah. and everything looks like it's coming at your face. Neat, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't thinking about what I was doing, and you get into the flow state where there's actually a book about that. that it's that's, a real thing. That's really that's really good. By is a Russian that wrote it. I think he's been on Rogan's podcast before. That book is a fucking life changer. Like, I'd like to read it again because it's that good. He talks about how he, he made the uh, the analogy that, okay, ten, let's take tennis, for example. He said, at first, you're just good to hit it over the, the net. You get in that happy state, the flow state. He said, but then that's not enough. So you got to up the ante. you got to hit it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And as long as you keep ramping that up, you're in the flow, you know, and then – you know, he said inevitably, inevitably it comes down because you're going to get it as good as you're going to get. That's going to happen. And he said that's when you're happiest and just be there and just know that eventually you're going to collapse. It's like wrestlers, wrestlers for example, wrestlers who can't go out or uh, guys who can't retire from playing football or sports yeah, like that. Or fighters. Yeah, they're in the flow theory. They're in the flow state that hard. It's almost addictive that they can't get out of it, that they can't just drop off and lose gracefully. Like I'm not the guy I was, you know. Uh, here's how calm I am most of the time. Uh, this is when I first started working at the uh, the welding shop. Uh, me and another guy were out tearing down a feeder, mm-hmm. and feeders they run on tank tracks. Okay, they're basically tanks that just crush up coal. Jesus! Instead of firing, there's some <laughs> terrifying shit in those mines. Oh yeah, and I used to build that shit. That's neat. Yeah, um, but uh. They were on tank tracks, and we were tearing it down. There was an old one coming in. We were going to rebu- rebuild it. We were tearing it down, and he had a pry bar underneath something, and going, and he was j- jarring the pry bar, trying to get the tracks to come off. Yeah. And something happened, and it came, and it shot the pry bar up and hit him right underneath the chin and the jaw. And he started bleeding and screaming, and I'm like, sit the fuck down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go get the uh, boss. Yeah. I just calmly walk in, like... Uh, Shaggy just hit himself in the fucking face with a pry bar. Um, you might want to fucking call nine one one. I don't know if his jaws broke or what, but he's bleeding. So do something. (laughs) (laughs) I walk back out there. I give him a cigarette. Yeah, I'm like, just fucking calm down. Everything's gonna be fine. See, I I don't want to hear you cry. I had to do that the other night. Uh, I work with a girl, and she's a good cook, but she hitting that. You smashing that? No. Smashing she's not even my type. She's a sweetheart, but she's not my type. Is she black? <laughs> no. <laughs> she's slightly built, let's say. Skinny? Yeah. Um, Gross. No, I mean, just, she's <laughs> I'm just a, joking. She's a, I know, but she's a cutie, but she's not my type. Give him my number. But uh, she, uh, <laughs> she's, been having like some, she's been having some anxiety issues. And the other night... It was everything that the restaurant business could throw at you to make you lose your shit. And I didn't. No, I got mad one time, but I never, like I used to sling shit, talk shit. I didn't do any of those things. Okay. Drains in restaurants are fucking disgusting. 
Yes. They have food coming down them all the time. They are a, they have water coming down them and grease, which is going to encourage bacteria growth, which when the bacteria eats that stuff turns into shit. It's basically shit. So they, they start pumping this shit out of the drains onto the floor as we're serving food. Nice. It is absolutely the most nice. vile smell that you can possibly imagine. And, um, I cooked in it. I walked around in it. She was gagging and dry heaving and stuff like that. And I said, go sit. I said, go stand outside until this is over, until we're done with it. She's like, you need my help. I said, I was like, if people come in and sit, and sit down and eat in this, with this smell out there, they deserve to wait. Go. <laughs> and so, so she did. And I kept cooking. And I was joking with the guys who were doing it. But then I started to think, um, and this is not panic on my part. This is just rational thinking. So you guys shouldn't be doing that while we're open. I was like, I was thinking the same I was thing. Like, the smell is unimaginable. The bacteria risk is is beyond the pale. This cannot be done. And they kept on they kept on with it and they agreed with me. But then finally I started getting in touch with people and I said and I talked to my friend who's a little bit more authority than I am. And he said, Well tell him to do this. So I went to the manager. I said, call the manager right now and tell her what's going on. And she did, and she called her manager and called them, and they got the fuck out of there. <laughs> they were like, uh, we need to clean up and get out of here like right now and clean the floors with bleach, and they did. And the guy, they were good guys. They were just doing what they were told. It was just, why well, do it? Yeah, I, to- I, I told them. I told them. I said, this is unacceptable. You cannot do this when we're serving food. I said, if the health department walks in right now, we are done. You would think they knew that. But yeah, it's just. We were not going to mention the company. Even though everybody knows who I work for, uh, it's a good company. I, yeah, they're great, and I believe in it. You know, they make—I've I've never heard anything. They make tremendous it. food. It's terrific. It's fantastic. Uh, but what a beautiful but, audience! But this—this <laughs> <laughs> was a bad call. Yeah, bad call. A real bad call. Bad, and, you really and, botched it. You botched it. And I'm glad that I stood up and said something. I'm glad that you—if you, if you, you see something, this. say something. Yeah. Stop terrorism. I like how the entire, like, Dearborn, Michigan, the entire city is Muslim. And they basically said, yeah, we say that shit all the fucking time, and you never fucking listen. You dumbasses. (laughs) Ronnie's over here talking about jihad all the time, and I told you, and nobody's listening. (laughs) Bill talked to fucking... Oh uh, boy, that was yeah. That's had so much potential. Yeah, it just fucking it's like a balloon that you just untie and the air comes out of it. Yeah, that was a bad analogy as yeah, well. It was real bad. Yeah, I didn't say it was good. Yeah, most of the things I say are fucking flat out dumb. Yeah, me too. And it's bad. Why do we do? And this? if Hillary Clinton gets her way, we're going to go to jail for it. <laughs> One of a uh, thing that I found out. Okay. Is uh, if people listen to podcasts through their uh, phones, mm-hmm. and you say, "Hey Siri." It'll and and say something after that. It'll look up whatever it is you say if they listen to the iPhones. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I would say, "Hey Siri, look up hardcore child porn," and <laughs> and people <laughs> and that way. <laughs> God, even that even that phrase is just I know. disturbing. I felt weird just, saying it, oh. but it's going to be so awesome if somebody that listens to this listens on their iPhone and then their iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, oh. you know what's weird is that there was somebody that popped up on my friend's feed the other day, and it was a girl that I had a one night stand with back in Carolina Beach, and I have not seen or mentioned since. 
And she popped up on my potential friends. I was like, this is weird because there is no way. I started, not I started with- a brand, no, I started a brand new account. And, and that's weird. They're, they're, well, I mean, it does, Facebook does track everything you do. Everywhere you go. Well, we, we were Facebook friends on my other Facebook. Yeah, for, I probably just thought, hey, it's the same guy. We'll just move that over. Fair enough. I mean, I'd, I. Is this the one that uh, you got your Red, wing, red Wings with? Is that the one? No. <laughs> I did do that, though. I know. We heard that story. On it was gross. It was great. It's fucking horrible. I've done it One of the worst mornings of my life. I've done it a million times. Sex was actually pretty good, but she was a Marine. Did you unload in her? No. Oh, come on. What kind of a man are you? The kind that didn't want a baby with this chick. She was fucking annoying. I mean. Oh. She's, she could fuck she's, like She's a, more annoying. She's not annoying enough to, to she, not fuck, though. Oh, she she had, to have a, she had to have a dick in her mouth half the time. I mean, <laughs> it was, you know. What, what do you want me to say? I mean, what are we I, talking about? Um, I saw. Cultural uh, appropriation. I saw Arrival. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. You, uh, um, Here's the gist. Okay. Amy Adams. She's great. Jeremy Renner. He's great. Oh, he's in it, too. Forrest Whitaker. Great. Everybody's fucking great. The story okay. is great. Okay. Um, How many stars? I would give it four and a half, probably. Almost five. Yeah. Neat. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it again, but I, I can't really find anything wrong with it, really. And that's a bad thing? No. That's a good thing. So maybe it's five stars. I really liked it. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I thought the story was great. I, it's not like I've, an action-packed space movie, so don't, if you're going to go see I it. I don't, don't. Yeah, see, that, that shit doesn't interest me. I'm going to see Star Wars. Keep that. That's, in that's Star, what Star Wars. Wars is for. Yeah, exactly. But this is uh I mean it there's like this these they look like lima beans. They just land in like ten different spots all mm-hmm. around the world and everybody's freaking the fuck out. As they probably yeah. should. I mean <laughs> Well yeah. Well I mean they're just hovering. They're hovering like twelve feet above the ground. Well didn't they and didn't they say in signs, you know, we'll go I'm not trying to go off the side. I've never seen here. signs, but Well they there was a guy, and he's a ufologist or whatever, and he said that the odds are that if a culture comes to us, they will not be friendly. Oh, like, Stephen Hawking said that in real life. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> then with Stephen Hawking, he said conquest is probably who part of who they are. Yes, yeah, if they're out, if there's another life form out there, we don't want them to come and visit us. Yeah, why would we want them to come here? Like you know, War of the Worlds. Remember War of the Worlds? It was awesome. It was pretty good. I liked it. I, I thought. I thought that she, I thought there was a lot of Steven Spielberg blowback for a, for quite a while where people didn't go watch his movies, and he kept releasing brilliant movies. I thought that one was really good. Yeah, I, I thought Tom Cruise did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought Dakota Fanning, of course, did a great job. She, um, was, she was good from early from age. the get. I mean, she was, and she I haven't seen her. I'm Sam. Yeah, she was. I am Sam was a good movie. Um, yeah, but War of the Worlds was a really good movie, and um. It didn't do well at the box office. Like it did okay, but not what they thought it was going to do. And again, I think it's because of Steven Spielberg blowback because of AI. I don't see what people's problem was with that movie. It was, was a good movie because it was supposed to be Kubrick, and then Steven Spielberg. Steven well, Spielberg. and then there was that horrible rumor put out that Kubrick had done that to him on purpose to try to make him make a bad movie. I was like, I, was like, I think it was Stanley Kubrick bad. was a prick, but he wouldn't have done that. I don't think it was bad. It was just it wasn't what. Uh, it's not what a Stan, it's not what Stanley it, yeah, Kubrick would have done. You would have never expect expected Steven Spielberg to make a Stanley Kubrick movie. Well, Why would you expect him to do it now? It had moments that were truly brilliant. That were truly brilliant. I thought it was good. I, I mean, it, it. it had it had moments that were just you know you're like wow that was really something you know and when 
when the robots when he when he woke when he wakes up and the earth is in another ice age and the robots have I, I don't see how people didn't get that. And then were aliens at the end I said those weren't aliens, those were robots. They had started to self to assemble themselves and yeah, they, no longer needed us. Their so, AI yeah. advanced, which yeah. is going to happen. <laughs> It's very likely. Um, but arrival, uh, they, these things land. Well, they don't really land. They just kind of hover above. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get a hold of Amy Adams, whatever her name, Louise, I think, is her name in the movie, because she's a linguist and they need to figure out how to communicate with these motherfuckers. Yeah, isn't that an interesting thing that the odds that we'll be able to actually communicate with another race from another world are she had to figure it out. Nil. I mean, she it, had to, yeah. like, it shows her figuring it out and it was really cool. And there's, and the uh, yeah, people want to fucking attack these things or whatever. Of and, course, and um, Earth and their technology is vastly superior to ours. And yeah, like uh, I'll spoil one part. Like one at one point, because uh, they um, she finally she learns the language, mm-hmm. and they 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 they, could, they speak in they don't actually speak, but they communicate with like by like writing stuff down, mm-hmm. and they come up with a computer program that makes their language their uh, writing appear. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she asks what they want, what they're doing there. And their language is limited, so words can mean many different things. And they said um, to use the weapon. And we don't really know what weapon means. It could be a tool. It could be it could be anything to right. them. This sounds really great, by the way. I, <laughs> yeah. I got to go see this movie. So the uh, the army dudes start freaking out, and they plant a bomb on it. But they, her and Jeremy Renner don't know that there's, there's a bomb on there, and they go back up into the shaft to mm-hmm. ask one more thing. And then the aliens save them. They like shove him out of the shaft before the bomb goes off, and the bomb doesn't do shit to them because whatever. Yeah, and uh, they they get further explanation about the lang the the weapon that they wanted to share was the language. The, mm-hmm. But here's the only thing that got me: for some reason, when you learn the language, you have the ability to move back and forth in time in your own life, your own timeline, and see things that have happened and and. Uh, See the their future. language. Yeah, for some reason, that's, <laughs> that's neat. Yeah, it it doesn't really explain why. I don't want them to. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it was still really good. Yeah, and then you get, it gets teary and stuff. It's really fucking good. I, I might have I spoiled too much, but it's really no, no. Good. I know I, I want to see it more now because I, 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 I has movies. A, Jeremy Renner is a theoretical physicist in in it. That's neat. And she's a linguist, and they like have a little spat about which one's more important to civilization. She thinks it's language because the ability to communicate is the basis of everything else, and he thinks it's science. That's debatable. But without one, without yeah, yeah. I mean, language is a science. Well, I mean, with, without language, you cannot distill something to its essence. Language is a word to describe the word these noises coming out of our mouth. Yeah, that's what it is. You, so, can't, you can't ooga boogie your way through physics. physics. No, you can't. <laughs> you actually have to have it. Is, it's a distillation, a crystallization of whatever that thing is. So it w- it can be argued that that language is more important because if you don't know what it is, then how are you supposed to move forward into creating yeah, it? That to- was the whole thing, and that it was. Uh, I don't know, dude. It the, it wasn't like Interstellar. Or so it was a great fucking movie. Yeah, though. Interstellar was yeah. incredible, beautiful. I like the story. I like everything about it. It was it was more uh, cerebral than that. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> cerebral I'm using words. Neat. It was more of a thinker than than that. Yeah. Whereas that shows you everything. This there's a little bit below the surface, above the surface. The army's freaking out. Force Whitaker's eyes going crazy. Fucking Jeremy Renner's cute. Uh, Amy <laughs> Adams is, go- is gorgeous. Like in that 
milf type of way yeah, yeah like not like crazy like oh my god look at how hot she is but like she's like the hot librarian and- yeah she's she's always played that quite well i i think that movies i think we're in an in a and i don't think people are even aware that we're in a, another golden age of movies right now we're, oh, we're yeah. like smack dab in the middle of it even the bad ones are pretty good yeah well i'm, I'm talking <laughs> about and comic book movies have really they are responsible for it they've really upped the ante like they think it's opened up more stuff yeah, I think that. Uh, Go see Arrival. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that I, I really enjoyed it. I think the, the I new. Think, I think it'll yeah. win Oscars. The new Star Wars movie, Rogue One, looks tremendous. I mean, it's, it's tremendous. It's fantastic. It's terrific. It's wonderful. Um, I, I'd say I just think it's going to look great. It's going to be great. When is it? Yeah. Comes out next week, right? Yeah. If I'm off, I'll go see. Yeah, we have to go see that. We have to. Probably won't go see it opening night because I have to work the next day. And yeah, I think it's already enough. sold out. The person in front of me in line was buying tickets for it. Oh, okay. So. It'll be uh, Star Wars has made. And then we'll do a Fun Employment Files reviewing and spoiling the whole thing. Yay. Because that's what we do, just like we did last year for uh, uh, the reboot. Well, it's not a reboot. <laughs> it's a sequel. It's a, it's a remake. It's the same thing. It's not a remake. It's a remake of the original. They just switched the. Uh, they made her, made him uh, a girl. They made him a girl, and they made a round robot. I don't believe it. <laughs> Pretty much, though, right? Yeah, okay. It was good, though. It was really. Good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm not saying I that didn't kid love who, it. That kid who I, I think that the kid who played. Uh, Hopefully, they put some poundage on Daisy Ridley for the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just make her a little bit thicker, a yeah. little bit more Gina Carano like. <laughs> Just recast her. Gina Carano <laughs> is now uh, whatever her name was in that. Gina Carano. Uh, we know. We know. Um, no, I, I, I think that uh, Star Wars had just made a, an amazing and tremendous stride. You know, it, it went. The creator meant it to be something other than what it was. He just wanted to make a Saturday morning serial, like one, a one shot. I don't even think he even intended to make a sequel. And it took off. And was like, yeah, I guess I could make some more money. And, and well, yeah. And, and then, and then, twenty he, years later, I'm going to make these uh, prequels that are dog <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then J.J. Abrams grew up in the world where Star Wars was always a thing. And what? And he's one of those guys. And they and, and they went after really the, excited when the prequels came out, and then he was disappointed. And then he was like, like all in us. fifteen fucking years, I'm going to make. I'm going to bring <laughs> Star Wars back from the brink. Are we going to make Star Wars great again? <laughs> Really fucking did. God, he's a Donald. Going to be tremendous. He's the Donald Trump of sci-fi, except he actually does yeah, what he says. He's we're going to make it great for the first time. Because let's be honest, folks. Empire Strikes Back is a great movie. Okay, that one. It's a great movie. By any stretch of the imagination, it's a great movie. Except for the acting and the dialogue. No, the acting and the dialogue <laughs> in that movie were both really good. George Lucas had virtually nothing. Empire is the second one, right? Yeah, he had virtually nothing to do with that movie. Irvin Kershner was all over that, and basically. Just show George the door. He's just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. Go take off. This is mine. <laughs> what you do? And our recursion like, no, it's not. There's a door over there, George. I'm taking care of it. We're gonna make we Star made Wars it. gradient. <laughs> but that once you make something, it's not yours anymore. Really. Like, well, you know that's the I mean? thing I'm once writing you- right now, and I I fully want the day where people more skilled than me are going to take something that I've made and make it better. I think I'm a good storyteller. I mean, You're a great storyteller. I, nobody, nobody tells stories better than you. Yeah, I, I think what I'm writing right now is pretty damn good. I've read the first sentence of almost all of them, and I really—I <laughs> <laughs> know you haven't read it, but it's, I just get a headache when I read. 
That's fine. I don't. I don't put it on tape. I can't just read read it out loud here someday on in, as a podcast. We'll do story time with Chuck. I'll start. I'll weave in music. I can do that. Dramatic music. It's actually uh, okay. It's like I'll, I'll break it down to you what I've done. Okay, um, to see if you're interested. Uh, just give me the cliff notes. Game of Thrones. Game of Bones. No, what Game of Thrones does, and, and what most major fantasies do, including Lord of the Rings, Memory Sorrow, and Thorn, I could go on ad nauseum. And you will. Keep going. No, I won't. <laughs> what they do is, is they take uh, European culture, usually British Isles, and uh, knights, and things of that matter, and they turn them into a fantasy. And that's good, and it's tried and true. Yeah, and, they've done, and they've done that a lot. And there have been some really great things done that way. Um, Game of Thrones is the standard by which all fantasies should be judged. It is the best, period. And I've read them all. So, um, but I thought, well, what if I try to tell one, except I make white people a rather small part of it? Like, isn't yours Maori or Pacific Islanders? It's Pacific Islands right now, but it's going to have like parts where they're, I've created characters that are Native American in, in origin. Uh, I've, I've based one character entirely on Tecumseh. I've, I'm basing a character on Crazy Horse. Um, Base a character on me. That's <laughs> okay. one way to get me to read it. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Just tell me something. <laughs> I, I took the samurai culture and I picked it up and put it down on another map and they actually control an empire that's just Polynesian islands and they have, you know, there's the Maori are in it, Tongans, all these other people, but also there's, um, you know, in the South there's uh Carthage. I, I loved, always loved Carthage. So I wanted, and what's the time period are we set before that we had like modern technology? And- no, because that's the thing I was like, well, okay, somebody will probably else will have done that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce guns. Guns and, you know, uh, dildos. Yeah, dildos. They're all over it. It's mostly about, it's most about dildos. <laughs> the giant dildo. <laughs> Billy and the giant dildosaurus. That's what it's about. Um, but anyway, th- what I'm writing now is actually just a novella. I'm thinking it's going to be that's just a tour of things that are going to happen in an epic universe. And what has happened is. A la George R. R. Martin, there was a war, I'd say 30 years before. Um, it was this effort by this conglomeration of peoples to take down this Aztec like empire called the Calic Mule. And I actually, that is an, actually an Aztec word that I took that means something. I, when I'm writing a, a, about a culture, I look up words, especially for names, to, to put it, because I believe that psychologically people will get that somehow. I don't know why, but I, I think that they do. So, this is in the aftermath of that, and a guy's wife dies of cancer. Uh, he becomes a drunk. Um, he promised to take her home. She's actually from a Native American type place. She's from a tribe. Um, he doesn't because he can't bear to do it. He can't be even bear to part with her ashes. They were in a place that was kind of like Hawaii, and she died there and extracted the promise from him. But that's after he killed her. Basically, he gave her poison, put it in her cup, and she drank it. And she didn't know he was going to do it, but he just told her to drink this for the pain because he couldn't stand to see her in pain anymore. But also, it's a selfish reason, and he can't let that go because he didn't want to be see her in pain anymore. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. So, Like Doug's stand-up story about killing his mom. Yeah, and so he helped her, but he also feels so guilty about it. So he gets, he sees a guy beating a woman. He's on duty. He's drunk. He's 
he's actually has been taken aside before he goes on his shift because they're constables. They control a city guard like the samurai would have. The samurai were a class, and they were only allowed, you know, they were really the only class allowed weapons, like as in swords. Other people could carry pikes and halberds and shit like that, but Jesus. Yeah, stuff like that. But just the samurai were allowed, and in this story, they're the only ones allowed sword and gun. So, you know, and he's on duty. He tries really hard because the guy has taken him aside before and says, listen, we know about your drinking. Everybody knows. This is a test. Don't fail. This is only a test. And this were an actual he fails because he he does pretty good for a while, and then he goes into DTs, and then he sees something he remembers about his wife, goes and gets a drink, gets drunk. There's a guy who's based on a Maori, a huge guy beating this woman. And the guy I based the character on is kind of like me, except if I really knew how to fight, you know, like if I was so Mark Hunt. Well, I would think I was a more bulkier Conor McGregor in a way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, fleet of foot. Well, just uh, accurate, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great fighter that actually his clan, clan Hay Abusa, their their word is their their words are our hands need not be full. Because they just have fists, you know what I mean? I thought that was a great saying. I thought that was kind of neat. The mighty don't kneel. That's a Shit good like saying that. Too. That's that's really good. I've heard that somewhere, but it's a good saying. All the sayings on Game of Thrones are awesome. Uh, winter is coming. We do not sow. I Ours drink is, and I know things. Yeah, well, I mean that's Tyrion. That's just something Tyrion said. The Lannister. Uh, the Lannisters is this. hear me roar. Uh, the Tyrells is growing strong. You know, because I have a rose, all that stuff. But in this, okay, he beats the guy damn near to death. Gets him down, gets him to a wrist lock, he gets him down and just starts fucking pounding him and destroys the guy's face, basically. Almost kills him. Nice. So, so the big guy, I've got a character that's based uh, somewhat on The Rock's character from Moana, that big, great big huge guy, only he's a samurai class too, comes up, grabs him and says, it's over, it's over, you gotta stop, you know. And he knew he was drunk because the guy was sitting down talking to his family, it was lunchtime, and this giant dude is sitting there talking to his wife and his kid. And the guy walks over, main character walks over, and he's drunk. And he's like, hey, how you doing? And the guy's like, and he takes him, like, whispers to him. He's like, man, you can't do this. You can't do this. You're drunk. You're going to get in major trouble when the Lord finds out. Major trouble. You got to calm down. But then that's when the guy sees him hit this woman. And as the woman's being swung around by her hair, he sees his wife's face. And he just goes fucking ape shit and beats the fucking shit out of this guy. Almost kills him. Well, then. It's ground and pound. Uh, in the most extreme way. Full mount. Like, how he does it is he, he catches the punch, he folds his arm back, he kicks his leg out from under him, and then he mounts him, and he just pounds the shit that's, out of him. Uh, that's some strong skill right there, actually. See, I, w- I would see you read that and see what you think, because you know about it, and it's I think I've described it pretty well. But anyway, he has to go. He wakes up the next day, because uh, somebody has come up and knocked him out, and uh, he has to go talk to the Lord. And uh, receive his punishment. The Lord, like God. No, the Lord is in like uh, samurais answered to a um, they answered to a master who ran the the village, or whatever. They actually had a very powerful lordship system, a very feudal system. I, I'm losing you with this one. I can tell. You um, haven't said anything about dildos yet. <laughs> dildo, dildo, dildo. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyway, he has to go to talk to him. The guy's name is Lord Jubai. He's a <laughs> he's a really good he's a, a real, cool name. Well, he's a really cool character. He's missing an eye. He lost it in a fight with. What I did was Is I he missing it or does he just not have it anymore? He's, he's got like, it, man. He really got it cut out. In a, <laughs> he, he got it cut out in a fight. <laughs> Uh, 
But, I ain't missing you at all. But he's the one who killed the, I, I called him the last blood king of the Calic Mool. Like, he, he was a giant guy, and he he killed, that guy killed his father, and then he picked up a sword and killed that guy in turn. So he's a legend. And he runs this small town where their industry is basically fruit, and they have bees and all kinds of stuff, and their, their symbol is the bee. And he looks at him and if I'm going too long with this, I'm sorry. I just yeah, you can sum it up anytime you want. Okay. I like I like what you're telling me. But he says uh he basically points to the bees and he says, Do you see what they're doing? And he said, Do you understand why we took that as our symbol and why we try to live like them? And he said, I don't. He said, Because everybody has their place. Everybody has what they're supposed to do. And he said, When a bee grows sick, she flies away. So she won't infect her queen and her sisters with being sick. And he looks at him and says, you're sick. And we have to figure out what to do about it. Hmm. So they have a lengthy discussion about why he's this way, why he drinks. Because the guy, the Lord lost his eye in a fight because there was this guy who he was a commoner. And he is, his name was Hanzo Yamamoto. He found a sword in a river and he taught himself how to fight. That's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. But he's, he was brilliant. He's, he talked about, he said he was the most brilliant swordsman who ever lived. And me and him fought. But not before he tried to change our society completely. And he sent men to kill my wife and daughter to start a civil war. And that's what he did. So they got, they, they got into a fight beside a stream. And he said, and I finished him. I lost the eye. And then I spat upon him and let his, let his carcass be eaten by wolves because he doesn't deserve the honor, you know? Anyway. Um, he asks him about why he's drinking like he does, and he tells him about the story about his wife. He said, this is why I did it. She was in so much pain, and he describes her trip down there, how they were happy for a long time, and then she got sick, and he started to drink then because he didn't know how to deal with it. So he said, well, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it with this sword. And that's the thing with them, honor. That is actually a good way to go out. And that was one of the only punishments he could have received that he would have agreed with. So he's kind of happy about it. He's like, he doesn't want to die. But he's just like, I'm going out, you know, at the end of this sword. I'm going it, to, it, my, my, my family's honor will be fine. I'll go be able to meet my wife. It's good. It's fine. But then he goes home. And as he's sleeping, he remembers the promise. That's why it's called the promise. She said, promise me. You have to promise me you're going to take me home when I'm dead. And he did. He promised her he'd take her back to the West. The place is kind of like North America that I'm designing right now that I haven't really done. Anyway, and that's the story. And I like it. It's I think it's pretty good. And I actually the story keeps writing itself. You know, it's going well when it writes itself. I'm just reporting now. The characters are actually I'm the same way with songs. Like if I sit down and I'm and I actually have to think about what I'm trying to say, I stop. Mm -hmm. I, I get away from it for a while. And then when I come back. Um, if, uh, so you know that feeling It's almost like a It's a buzz type feeling Yeah Where you just lose time You know time For me is, if I um, If if it's something that I have to think about at all I can't do it It's just not Well if you have to force it But sometimes you have to force it To get to those moments uh, You're You're supposed to um, I've read the uh, The War of Art mm-hmm. And you're supposed to No matter what your thing is Whether it's writing Or music Or Whatever it is, you're supposed to force yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you'll get the thing that you want out of it, which I'm very bad at. 
I'm very bad but at forcing myself to and do not, it. And, and again, I know that we, and it's, not, it's hard for us to throw out compliments to each other because this is the nature of, our, of all of our friendship. You are a very good musician. I'm fucking and great. And you've had some really, I'm, I'm really good songs. One of the best songs. in the world. One of the best in the world. <laughs> well, I mean, you're just, you're. I just cuss too much and I can't write courses. That's about it. Well, work on that then. I have my strength. I'm not too big on hooks. My strength is dialogue. I can write great dialogue. I am not the best at uh, progressions, like keeping the story rolling, because I like the characters to talk. I like them to. I'm when I write a char- when I write a conversation between a character, I imagine sitting down and them having a conversation. And what would they say at that moment? And they say it. I only have to do is report what they're saying because this is what he would say at that moment. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? I have a basic framework I go in with, but I don't know what they're going to say until they start speaking to each other. And that's the best way to write dialogue, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd say that's how Quentin Tarantino does it because his movies skew a little bit long. Judd Apatow, his movies are always three hours fucking long. Right. Because uh, they, they want all of it, all the, the dialogue, mm-hmm. all the stuff in there. Right. I've actually went back and for the sake of not just for the sake of brevity, but for the sake of just a little bit more of a tease have not given. I gave a lot of details about the fight between Hanzo Yamamoto and Jubai Tanaka. I I actually described the fight in detail and Hanzo was toying with him at one point because he was a much better swordsman and he threw a cut down guy backs up. Takes his eye out, but it, Hanzo gets his sword stuck in a, in a branch and gives him just enough, and he kills him. He's never told anybody that, so you know I, I'm I'm good at that, but I'm not so good at other things about writing, and I'm working on those. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I know I'm going to change a lot of the names because it's just too much of a lift off Japanese. <laughs> I mean, and that's okay if you're doing English. Uh, a lift off of English, like all the words they use in Game of Thrones are just English. You know, that's all it is. They, they've taken British Isles culture, uh, you know, and just picked it up and planted it back down. That's what they've done. So, you know, it's I'm I'm quite excited about this. And I'm glad you're excited. Yeah. I hope more people get excited about it. Maybe someday I'll read it. Probably not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I send you a copy. You'll read it. God damn it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. <laughs> you know, picture you with a dust jacket. <laughs> oh, uh, now this I can get into. Get down with that. You know, Chut's back on the scene. Chut, Chut is back. Check it out. Chut can actually play pretty well. Can't yeah, this is pretty. He's pretty good. He's not bad. But have we grown tired of him yet? Uh, we'll see how this goes. Somebody <laughs> no, no, have grown. T- <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he got me back. Yeah. Sharpest. <laughs> Chud has to weigh 500 pounds I would say close to 6 I mean he's almost like a shut in that, <laughs> Look at the size of his arm This is all he does Yeah. Well I wonder if he's able to Live off this yet Wipe his ass <laughs> No He's not able to do that but is he able to live off this yet I don't know I don't know the the pay structure for there's never any ads before this, so I don't know if he's making money off of this yet. Hmm. Well, yeah, you can make any melody fit with any chord progression. What song is that? Hurt. 
get the show on. Get He'll get to it. I love that song. It's a great song. Which version you like better? Chuts. <laughs> How can you not love Chuts better? Hold on. Listen to him here in a second. Tell that he can sing, but he's just not singing from his diaphragm. That is, and then here's him a Christmas song. <laughs> oh, Chut. Somebody once told me the world is. I wonder where we got the idea for I this. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty funny idea. It is a good idea. She was I, I bet you it was a conversation he had with somebody. He's like, you know, you can fit that song into anything. I'm like, no, you can't. It's like, watch me. <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold my cheeseburger. <laughs> Chud is a very big man. He is large. I shouldn't say. Probably never had sex. Do you think he went back to doing this because people didn't like it whenever he did the uh, Nickelback one? Uh... I want to give Chut credit. I want. I want. I, I want to think. His very first one has three million views. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Whoa! I didn't know about this one, did I? I think I did hear this one. The Imagine. No, I. Seems almost sacrilege to do that song. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I love that song. It's a great song. John Lennon can write a song. Somebody. <laughs> It's just <laughs> so a be- better songwriter, uh, McCartney or Lennon. It depends on what you look for in your songwriting. Okay, fair enough. Um, I can, uh, from a technical standpoint, McCartney is one of the best musicians to ever walk the face of the earth. Is that right? Yes, Paul McCartney is one of the best minds, That's a strong musical statement. minds to ever walk the face of the earth. Okay, but it was a lot of fluff, like content-wise, lyric-wise. I. John Lennon, I think, was all. If you want something more soulful, uh, you want. Yeah, John Lennon wasn't going to fucking. He's not going to write, I want to hold your hand. He did write, I want to hold your hand. Oh, did he? (laughs) (laughs) I had to pick that one, you know. Well, no, early on, they were fucking teenagers, and that's the songs that they wrote. Were they teenagers when they first got 20? I think uh, when they first started, they wrote all those songs, Mm -hmm. at least the first couple albums. Uh, I think, what's his name? Uh, George Harrison was only like 17. And there's maybe even 15. Yeah. And they were living in Hamburg and doing covers. I remember I've, I've read, I actually wrote a paper on, uh, it was a book called I am the Eggman. Was it about the, uh, Beetle Death Clues? That's what I wrote my senior report on. Are you sure you're not misremembering? No, I wrote that in college, actually. <laughs> I wrote my senior report, the, my graduation thesis, mm-hmm. uh, about the Paul is dead myth. Yeah. It was fucking. He's got hair down to his knees because his head is sitting on his knees. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, there's the walrus was Paul because in some culture the walrus means death. Yeah, uh, all the pictures that had hands behind his head because for some reason that means you're marked for death. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song uh, called "Don't uh, Don't Pass Me By." It was a Ringo song. Yes, it says you were in a car crash and you lost your hair. Which means you lost your head. Yeah. For some reason, they would always replace it with hair. Uh, 
then they put a really obvious clue in a song called Glass Onion that said, here's another clue for you all. The Walrus was, was Paul. Paul. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> see, I, I love you, that book. You play something backwards at the end of a song. It says Paul is dead now. Miss him. Miss him. Miss him. Yeah. All this was very coordinated. They they were doing just this an, on purpose just to fuck with people. Sure, that shows how brilliant they actually are. Yeah. And, and they actually, you know, that uh, Paul McCartney was on The Simpsons. And he said, you know, if you play that song backwards, you get a really good recipe for a ripping lentil soup. You know, he's, <laughs> so he's acknowledging, you know, that. And I think that, you know, Paul, uh, as far as Paul in a lot of his stuff was more hopeful than John Lennon was, which was good. It's good in a way. Yeah. But John, John Lennon, like he was uh, lyrically, he was more influenced once they met Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. He was more influenced by Bob Dylan and. Like speaking truth to power and all that crap, and like he was so influential, Nixon tried to have him deported. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember the United States, U.S. v. Lennon. You know, yeah, it was, that's a documentary that I haven't seen for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I mean, I, I think we're getting ready to. Here's here's the upside of and and this is the only thing I'm going to say politically uh, for a while. Here is the lone upside to the fact that Trump is going to be a bad, a bad president. The fact that he's going to, he's appointed people to his cabinet that are going to make sure that the rights of Americans are trounced. He's going to do that. However, the blowback from that will be great. Like, the people will finally be, will unite against that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and maybe not even aware that they're, they're, that they're uniting. You know, it's... It's it's a hopeful thing because in terrible times is when you see most people's humanity. We're facing some, at least politically and socially, some terrible times coming at us. It's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be cataclysmic, but I do think it's going to be bad. So it'll be repressive. It'll be it'll be it'll be bad in that way. The eighties was bad. Yeah, the eighties was kind of like. uh, you know, it's a it's a glittering facade on something that, and people remember it fondly. But part of the, the reason they remember it fondly is because it was such a terrible time. Really, there was a lot of unrest. There was a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of great music. But great music sprouts out of bad. Music grows from shit. Music is mushrooms. Yeah, it it grows from shit. So, think about how. They how they tried to sell the eighties. Well, it's a great time. It was not a good time, especially for like inner city people and stuff like that. Especially if you were black. In the eighties, being black sucked unless you were Michael Jackson. You know, <laughs> that's so, pretty good. Yeah. So that's and then you get to be white. By like eighty four, you're white. Yeah, you're, you're a white woman. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what's up that American dream. But I, I just think that uh, that's what we've got looking coming at us, and that's what I tell my daughter. I was like, honey, you, keep your head. You're gonna have to be strong because the next at least four years are gonna be. They're not gonna be good, you know. So. Again, my preps. You know, I am prepping somewhat for some stuff, but oh boy, not going crazy. You know, mm-hmm. See, this is John. I love that song. You know, I, oh, there's a guy I could not convince that this is a Beatles song. He thinks it's Aerosmith, and he he doesn't believe anything on the internet. And I was like, no, I mean, this Aerosmith did it in the the terrible Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie. No, it's Aerosmith wrote this song. 
uh, John Tyler wrote. I'm like Stephen Tyler. <laughs> it's it's a do I know song. this person? I don't. Maybe I don't know. I don't think I want to know them. He's a good guy, but like you couldn't convince him of anything. And I was just like, just it's it's a Beatles song. I know this. I've done this my entire life. No, no, no. It's a uh, it's uh, Aerosmith. Oh, okay, fine, fine, yeah, fine, fine. See, John did stuff like that, and like this is like directly after they met Bob Dylan, and then he started doing this type of stuff. And that's George with his sitar. Yeah, I was getting ready to say they were really influenced by India, weren't they? George, especially. Yeah. This is basically a song about having a one night stand and then burning the girl's house down after you leave. <laughs> Meat, I, I guess. I mean, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like. Uh, what's what's the character of Starlight Love? Gumby? No. <laughs> they always talk I'm about. I'm Gumby. He, damn it! He's dead. They always talk about him. Tell outrageous stories. Bill Brasky. Oh yeah. Bill Brasky had dandruff the size of mice. Paul would have, like, the very next track is Paul. Very technical, very, very, uh, structured. Structured, yeah. Yeah. It's great, but, uh, that's that's how I've always viewed them. And then George was. Bradley's one of Bradley's favorite songs. You know, he's such a brilliant musician. Uh, one of his songs is um, George Harrison's Bruton Prince Lone Hit, Got My Mind Set on You. Oh, he had lots of hits, dude. Did he really? Yeah, he had, he had a pretty strong post Beatles career. I didn't, I never knew that. I thought he had like the one song, I Got My Mind Set. It's a great song. I love that song. This is, this is a George song. George was very influenced by like the birds. Who's in the birds? Roger McGuinn. Jimmy Page, wasn't he in the birds? No, he's in the Yardbirds. Birds, yeah. yeah. Like, this is great. Eric Clapton was in the birds, wasn't he? Yardbirds. Yardbirds. They were both, isn't that crazy? Yeah. They are both in the yard. Jeff Beck was also in the Yardbirds. Jesus Christ, how much more fucking talent can you get Well, in that one band? would leave and then they'd get another guy. Yeah. yeah. But that's like a rotation of the most talented guitarists. Some of the greatest guitarists of all Yeah. yeah now, this, okay. This is George. And you're, okay, go ahead. I like that. And here's a lot here's, of harmony. A lot of harmony. Yeah, here's a, here's a. Uh, they would throw Ringo a song on every album, and this is Ringo's. It's great. It's a, basically a Buck Owens. It might actually be a Buck Owens song. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's just a country song. I think Ringo gets. A, I think he gets a bad rap for being just like along for the ride. You know what I mean? That dude was incredible. That dude was an incredible. He's not even a drummer. He's a percussionist. Yeah. Because just because he he's not fucking. We could do a Beatles pod. Are you aware of this? That with, I know, your, I with your breadth of Beatles knowledge and me wanting to know everything about the Beatles, <laughs> we could do an entire podcast just on the Beatles. Yeah. Just because he fucking is, doesn't have the fastest hands and go crazy like Neil Peart or whatever Keith your, Moon, your drummer, Keith yeah. Moon, amazing drummer. And you know what? He did do everything that those songs needed but for The Who mm-hmm. because The Who was just so fucking crazy and bombastic that they needed some fucking animal maniac back there beating the. F- he had to fucking tape his headphones on his head whenever he was recording because he was going so crazy his headphones would fly off and he wouldn't be able to hear the tracks. Now, that's a band I've never gotten down with is The Who. Dude, don't care for. Him. I love the Who. I know that Pete Townsend is who he is, who he is. I know that Roger Daltrey is 
a great singer. I, I know I'm aware. I just don't care. <laughs> you know, too. it's like Black Sabbath. Don't like them either. I'm okay. With, I mean, I don't, never I, really liked them. Never really got into. Everybody Black always Sabbath. says, "Oh, it's blasphemy." I'm like, no, I just Paul would write stuff like this. <laughs> I like that. And it's great. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. But Paul did a lot of fucking amazing shit too. I'm not just I'm not just sending Paul down the road. Yeah. I think he wrote this when he was a kid too, and they finally recorded it. But then John would do stuff like this. What is this? A day in the life. It has a big crazy thing in the middle. I've noticed that John's songs are more bass. There's more bass in those. Am I am I correct in that? Uh, I don't. Well, there, there's more room for... Uh, it was the bassist? Paul. Paul. There's more room for Paul to he dance. He's a really good bassist. Yeah, he's <laughs> the greatest of all time, I think. Really? He might not be the greatest, but to me... I think Cliff Burton was pretty damn good. From Metallica? Yeah. Damn, I'm sure he was, but I don't know that he could keep up with Paul McCartney. I don't think he could. He, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't... He was young when he died, for one See, right there, he said he blew his mind out in a car. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, Paul was... The alleged thing was that he was in a car wreck. And then and they, they just got, got another guy. A too. guy that looked like him, and they had to make him be left-handed. Right. It was fucking crazy. I loved it. That is neat. Uh, I really uh, hoped it was real, too. <laughs> I, no, the Beatles, I... My, my, did he say Paul there, or did he say Lord? You know how I get obsessed with songs? I, you know, that's one of my things. I get yeah. obsessed with a song. Um, I got obsessed You've with... You spent f- three months listening to Back in the High Life again, only. <laughs> that's not exactly untrue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I oh. love Steve Winwood. Far be it for me to besmirch the good name of Steve Winwood. But I got obsessed with a Beatles song. I got obsessed with uh, Free as a Bird. Oh, dude, that was from I the, love uh, that song. Fuck, I played that. That was from the... Uh, that was the... The re-release, or... It was... They found... Um, Free as a bird. They found uh, a recording that Paul that John did mm-hmm. before he died, and then Yoko gave it to them, and they made a song. They did a couple songs around it, actually. It's really good too. Yeah, I, they made it sound as good as possible. I remember. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I remember now why I was I was obsessed with this song. They did another one called Real Love. That's a, that's a blues song right there. Yeah, pretty much. You can hear the tape. Yeah. He recorded it on tape back in the day. There was a. I, I just realized. I mean, I know I realized that at the time, but the Beatles got back together in 1994 and made a new. This is. They, the Beatles got back together in 1994 and made a couple. Actually, times. I remember that because everybody. This was, is it. Everybody was so nuts about it. I was like, remember the was, anthologies that were on mm-hmm. TV? That's had the Apple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I used to watch those incessantly. I was. I, I never got the Beatles, but I grew up. Isn't it weird that we grew up? We grew up in an era. I was born after the time the Beatles were around. And grew up hearing about the Beatles. Isn't that odd? That's kind of an odd thing. Because they're so... Think about that. Well, they're never going to go away. 
They're the, I know, but I'm talking about how massive they were. That's how big they were. Is that, that their body of work and their legend and all that stuff has survived them to such a... Once there's all, all those guys... Once the last Beatle dies, it'll be something. They're the only band that you can say they're the greatest band of all time and, and no, 60 people, like, people i mean unless you're just being an asshole yeah you're not going to try to argue it well then there's the country even if you try, don't like them there's the country trying to claim the beatles aren't as great as they are as they really are like you're a cunt for that that's that's just i mean I, just, I know that i know that's you're your opinion just being exactly i know that's your opinion but it's not really your, your opinion you're just trying to be unique exactly and it's fine. I hate the Beatles. Yeah, you can hate the Beatles, but I mean, you have to realize everything that you, you can like hate is because Floyd. of them. Well, uh, let's put this uh, this way: my, I th- what I think the greatest band of all time is is Pink Floyd. Really, I think, think Pink Floyd is the greatest band of all time, in my opinion. But they're you, pretty great. But you can argue that against you know, be like, well, what about the Beatles? What about this? What about this? If I say the Beatles, there's very little wiggle room. You know, it's, it's, I mean, if without the the Beatles, there would be no Pink Floyd. I know. <laughs> See, but but then you can go well, without little, little Richard and yes. Bob Dylan. Everybody is influenced by somebody, but slave, nobody. You can say that Negro slave spirituals from, yeah. from are the basis, and they are. They really are. They're the the basis, basis of, of everything. So They're the basis of blues. Yes. And blues turned into country, which ended Tur- up turning. Turned into rock and roll. Turned, everything turned into rock and roll. Yeah. Rock and, everything, everything comes from. Hip hop comes from rock and roll. Yeah. Everything comes from. I mean, it's. Uh, I. It's all cultural appropriation. It is. <laughs> so uh, that goes back down the line, and that's and that's, you know, I want to. They've got a documentary on Netflix now. That Netflix Netflix made about hip hop. Yeah, I am so wanting to watch that. You know, it looks really great. But I'm saying, back to the original point, the Beatles. I just think are they just did amazing. It. I mean, they're just. I think they did it better than anybody else. They wrote the best songs. They and, and they, they got out before they got shitty. Weren't they together? Yeah, for like a very brief period of time. Maybe 10 years. Yeah. I think they got together in 59 or 60. They didn't. They spent a couple years in Hamburg. Let me see when they actually got together. Weren't they called Backbeat at one point? Uh, They were called. Oh, fuck. They were. Backbeat's the name of the movie. Is that about Pete Best? Pete Best was the drummer. It's about Stuart Sutcliffe, the, uh, the original bass player. I think John's here. John Morgan is here. John Morgan. It's fight night, so people are coming over. When did this, uh, they formed in 1960. John Morgan, you want to sit down and grab a mic for the last few minutes of this hot and tasty ep? It's been a good ep. Right now we're talking about the Beatles, John Morgan. Beatles are great. John Morgan thinks the Beatles are great. John Morgan's uh, I disagree. opinion carries a lot of weight. <laughs> I disagree, so. sir. Me and John Morgan were talking about uh, butt fucking. <laughs> well, after that, we talked about bees, <laughs> and I was uh, still. I'm still interested in that. Still, still doing it. Like I'm getting yeah. the bees, and all that I'm stuff. trying to figure out when when they actually. It's, it says they were active from 1960 to 1970. So that's when ten years they were together. Ten years, and, and they uh, made fucking maybe 20 albums during that time. Fuck, Pearl Jam's been together for 20, haven't they? 25. 25. <laughs> Give me a sound check, John. Hey, yeah. Yeah, say hello to all the, to all the people, John. Hello all the people. The John Stamos of Regenerative Farming. No, is the Rob Schneider. The Rob Schneider. <laughs> John Stamos is a little more flattering. <laughs> yeah. 
That dude. I was trying to sneak it in there, John. I'm John sorry. Stamos has to be 60 years old. He looks like he's 25. He's probably a, this big giant Greek dick. <laughs> His actual name is Stavros. He hasn't, he hasn't aged today. <laughs> but uh, we uh, fucking uh, what's your name, Charles? Yeah, that's. <laughs> he asked me earlier which ones, uh, which I like better, John Lennon or Paul McCartney. Oh my god. And I like John Lennon better because even though Paul McCartney, I think, is probably a far superior musician. I don't know. I I, 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 I like John's songs better because they had more of a an edge. I think John's a clear winner. I think I think Paul's a little goofy. I that's that's I what I said. John aged better. I mean, Paul John, and John got out well. well. See, I love hearing musicians. He got talk killed. At, he got killed at the right time, right? I mean, John Lennon. <laughs> I mean, just the the name. I mean, like, he had yeah. But is that but is that because he got killed young? No, I think it's because he was his, his songwriting good. was more meaningful. Yeah, enough. there was more. Like I said about comedy earlier, there's more nutrition in I mean, what John was talking about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, ba- band on the run. I mean, come on. And it was fine. I mean, the, the, the stuff after <laughs> just just wings and John general. told him. Uh, John <laughs> told him you're making music, Paul. The, the stuff, yeah, yeah it was the they stuff. Post, yeah, they, the post Beatles thing really says it all. I think you know because uh, while they were that's both, a, that is a that is a pretty Beatles, unassailable argument. I mean, that's while they were pretty, both Beatles, you know, they they had the chemistry and they they sort of there was some co-writing going on that worked well together, but. You really see who you know stands on their own two feet as far as like writing, like making meaningful music. John Lennon right. wrote the first hip hop song, which is "Give Peace a Chance." Okay, should I play that so so you can? That's it's Christmas time, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, that's I'm thinking of. Um, War is over. Yeah, Happy Xmas. War is over. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's another. I, maybe we'll go out with that instead good of my song. Um, fucking give peace a chance. And yeah, that's totally the, totally still relevant. For the love of God, I just I, I I love Imagine. I mean, I know that's such a no trite thing to say. And again, but, that's yeah. a post Beatles song. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Name a Paul yeah, McCartney. This, yeah, name a is, Paul McCartney post Beatles song. I cannot. That competes oh. with that. I, I cannot. Tell me, this doesn't sound like a hit, like the early version of hip hop. It's even got the beat. I remember the Muppet Babies. <laughs> they did a version of this song. Yeah. And it was all we are saying is give peas a chance because the kids didn't want to eat their yeah. peas. Because for some reason they were all babies together, even though they're different species. That was an odd cartoon. It was the best. I loved it. It was it was a good cartoon. I just watched a, a bootleg version of the Muppets. Uh, Christmas Carol. Oh, really? It's fantastic. Is it? Yeah, it's good. It's great. Who plays Scrooge in it? Jesus. Uh, some of uh, that old British George C. Scott guy. Patrick Stewart. No, not Patrick. Stewart. I can't remember the guy's name. He's very familiar face. Ian McKellen. No, nah, he wouldn't be in it. Uh, Ricky Gervais. I'm trying to think of what else he did. I, I, I'm drawing a blank. He's been in a lot of movies. I'm going to look it up. George right C. Now. You know, oddly, I thought George C. Scott did in Scrooge. I thought he did quite a good job as Ebenezer Scrooge. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I don't and think Mike. you should go, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't he? Never. Never. <laughs> I. But uh, come back to reality, doll. This Bane Please. character. <laughs> Who's this Joker you're talking about? He's always got really wet eyes in the Batman movies. Yeah, he does. He's always about to cry. His strength. His ferocity. 
<laughs> I see the League of Shadows resurgent. And you know who, who doesn't get enough credit post Beatles? Who? George. Yeah, I was saying, Dude, I, I thought he the, had one hit. Over the years, uh, become more of a George guy, for sure. He's got he a was lot just of quieter. Teams. He wasn't such an asshole. Yeah, you know, and you know, just, he, he wrote great songs, but he wasn't egotistical about you know having. He didn't, having try, a lot, to he didn't try to push his songs. I don't make a, need to have six songs on every album. That's you know, fucking. See, and I know that, that that dynamic drove the band. Come on, let's just absolutely, be yeah. But uh, you know, well, it's, it, I think it drives most bands. Like you know, I remember being a big Aerosmith. I don't know why when I was a kid. You but, know, they wrote "Come Together." <laughs> It's not a Beatles song. God. I've actually had uh, to commit, try to convince somebody that it's a Beatles song. And he, I, uh, it, it was during the they had a video, uh, had released a video about their studio time during uh, Pump because you know Pump was a huge album. It, Lick my love, Pump. <laughs> it's part of a musical tri- trilogy, really. <laughs> it's minor keys. No, I mean those those guys have been making music for a long goddamn time, yeah, and they're still doing it, and. <clears throat> They're still pretty good. Well, I, I mean, I just have I I like a lot. Like I was saying, that album was a good album. Like oh, it had yeah. so many hits on it. Get a Grip is a great album too. Yeah, yeah. I, I got into Aerosmith right when Get a Grip came out, and my first real rock and roll concert was that tour. So you know what my first tour? Oh, was? you got to see peak Steven Tyler. Yeah, he was swinging on a rope at him to the audience. <laughs> of course he was, That's and neat. his mouth was as big as his head. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was intimidating, but they were t- they were showing like everything. It was raw, and they were Joe Perry and Steve Stephen Tower got into a big fight, and then they got in a fight with the drummer. And Stephen Tower went and played the drums for him to shame him and to come in and play in the drums because he was playing them better. You know, he's like, "You're messing it up." See, do do dots, and he started playing. The guy got so fucking pissed. I'm not my favorite song by them. Yeah, but that video, though. Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. It always seems you got something Come on. on. They had so many videos with her. I don't like a lot of talky songs where they're, I'm going to tell you something about, <laughs> right, about this right now. I tell you, um, Say you Sweet Emotion. A train and you're heading out to <laughs> yeah, see, this was, Hollywood. This was right when my right when puberty was getting real hard for me, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then this video comes out. Um, I my favorite song by them has always been What It Takes. Can't remember the tune of that offhand. I'm sure I'd know it if I heard it. Here it comes. <laughs> He's on it. She's got what it takes, so tell me why. <laughs> That's Van Hagar. Oh. <laughs> That's Van, Van Hagar. <laughs> Which is pretty great, by the way. I like, I'm a bigger fan of Van Hagar. I'm fine with it. I don't care. This is the video when they... They're just coming off off the tour. We've got vests on with no shirts on underneath, guys. Hello. <laughs> Watch me, faggots. <laughs> My daughter loves that. She thinks that's funniest. They actually had a video for this. Uh, that was just a studio video, him singing, and this video was rather unnecessary because that made the song a massive hit. Yeah, it's great. This song is great. Yeah, yeah they get sh- Aerosmith gets shit on. They do get shit on because they're probably because they held on for too long. Maybe. Well, they were they were in an odd position of being coming into the seventies and being part of that acid rock thing. I, I, just my impression, and then they kind of became a glam band. 
yeah. in the 80s. And became, Am I wrong? I mean, I, yeah, that's, there's, there's a little bit of a glam shaming thing yes, there that, yeah. that I don't then, think is deserved. But then this, this, I guess, was in the 80s, but... This is when it was cool to be a little glammy. But then Get a Grip well, came out like 93 or 94. Yeah, and see, and they and they had become an anachronism by that point, in, in large part, even though their songs were still big hits, you know. But everybody, I think what killed them was Armageddon. That fucking... Yeah. I think that was the first song that they recorded that they didn't write themselves to. Yeah, and it was just a... I, mean, I got tired of it. I mean, I, it wasn't a bad song. I'll, t- I'll tell you what but, turned me off, if anything turned me off about them. It's... <clears throat> The fact that Steven Tyler does that the same lick, the same vocal lick in almost every song. Dooby 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 doo. He the does. The fact that he does that every time is so predictable. Why do you got to scat? Just, just leave that out. Why are we scatting? Like it's, you it's have, you're a great singer. You don't need to do that. I, I just. I, it's like we were talking about last week. We talked about the death of uh, '60s music and what it became in the '80s, and. Uh, you, Instrument like the total analogy you can draw. It's not even an analogy. It's just a an example. the The biggest example is uh, Jefferson's airplane becoming Starship. <laughs> That's just so fucking sad in in so many ways because they were a great acid rock band. The Great Slick was a rock star and all kinds of stuff. Next thing you know, they're doing. We built this city and it's fucking terrible. <laughs> and I love the song. They tore down this city. <laughs> yeah, they tore. They they completely. I don't dynamite like this the, city. They pulled the walls. They Pull the call. Somebody needs the 911 that city. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I love the song. It's, 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 it is impossible. A song. it's impossible not to love, but it's awful. It is such a guilty pleasure. It's like eating a jar of frosting. Yeah, it's going to be good, but you're really going to feel bad once it's over. So it's. Eat a lot of jars of frosting? I eat my frosting by the jar. <laughs> I like, that was a, a funny thing on King of Queens when they had to frost something really quick. He's just like, we don't have any frosting. He's like, bedside table right now. Don't ask questions. Just go get it. <laughs> she went and got a jar of frosting because he, I used to eat frosting out of the can. Damn, we've all done that. That was good shit. I used to That's eat tang terrible. out of the thing. Eat. I felt like I was always around enough people that didn't like so much icing that there would be like a bunch of ice, like an icing wall yeah, where yeah. the cake was. So I was always like, well, I don't mind eating a little extra icing. So <laughs> I'd get my extra icing that way. Isn't icing though When we were kids Icing was so much better Because they just Unabashedly made it With lard <laughs> Well yeah Didn't give a fuck Well lard's fine Lard There's Sugar lard. There you go Icing Eat it you fucking kids well, And shut up Pastured lard Is actually Really good for you Is it? Absolutely well, He See, wouldn't lie to you Well I know And I know he knows nutrition Because he's I, In the biz I, so. I feel like I know Some things But I, I can actually Feel a difference yeah. I mean, it's not what you eat, it's what you eat eats. So, that's a good if point. If an animal's eating like grass and getting lots of sunshine, all the vitamin D and all the nutrients and beta carotene and See, shit from that is in that fat. And if an animal lives in a cage and is fed a bunch of shit, all that shit gets stored in there. You see what I'm saying? So, it's like I, I was trying, I'm talking to a kid, he's, an, he's a good kid. I work with him and he's a vegetarian, and I mm-hmm. tried to convince him. Just out of spite, because I I like him, but we have the discussion, mm-hmm. and he at first was really standing on it, and I'm a vegetarian. He was very vocal about his vegetarianism. I was like, you know, you kill more animals being a vegetarian than you do not eating meat, right? And he's like, how do you mean? I said, well, 
they destroy so much biodiversity by making those massive farms to feed you your vegetables. Well, tillage, are, tillage is violence. Yeah. Combines are violence. Mm-hmm. And like when you till up the soil, there's bison, birds, and bugs, and micro- yeah. microbial life. That's what we were talking about. And it's yeah. very destructive. And yeah. Uh, and you were telling us about the vegetables we were eating in the Subway sandwich. He said it's, it's mostly nitrites. It's not to say that if you go eat, you know, factory farmed meat that you're really doing any, you know, that you're right. any better because that's also coming from tillage because they're growing the right. grain to feed the animal in a feedlot. But I, so, again, I'm, I've been reduced money to such a point that I, I basically what I have to do is just control my protein intake. I try to take in lots of protein mm-hmm. and. I can't really worry about the source because I don't have the money. Well, so it's every, you know. everyone. I like to say everyone's colony of ten trillion microorganisms is different. That's yeah. really what your body is. It's much like the Earth is one living organism that's comprised of all your body. Is, I'm back. I just want everybody to know that I was back. Sweet. I wouldn't. Pee, <laughs> I, I wouldn't pee a lot. Your body. Yeah. Your, your body is a compilation of a bunch of other living things. Okay. And you know, and everyone, and it's complicated, and everyone's body responds differently to a different diet. And if if you like laying off the meat and that feels good to you and you believe in it, that's fine. But uh, don't have any delusions about the fact that tillage is violence, that that destroys the planet. Yeah, we kills, talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kills shit too because you're being a hypocrite. Well, see, that's that he, I mean, and he's, again, he's he's young, he's idealistic, both is good he, things. Is he dumb? No, he is not. But is he full of cum? <laughs> I knew you were going there with that. He actually uh, was considering going out to DAPL, and then I had the talk that we had. I said, listen, you know, uh, we're, we're just dependent on it, and yes, it is a good thing that they won, but um, it's also- They've won for now. Well, they've won at least in a major standing point, you know. And when the president says- or. The, 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 I like the fact that did it Barry O is, that actually say yes, stop? That, yes, he is. He did. He actually cut and, it out. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he, I think that's actually his mic drop leaving the presidency. But even the real mic drop would be to legalize marijuana. Well, the real mic drop, mic drop would be to legalize or, marijuana or, while, or close Guantanamo or bring some of the troops home or cut military spending or <laughs> or, 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 or revert the, the Patriot Act or or, get rid or, of the, or free if you're going to go down the Native American route or free Leonard Paul Chair. Do get that, rid of the NDAA. You know, um, get rid of indefinite. He's got a lot of, you know, I, I, but that's the one. Like, I love that Harry Belafonte in the in the in light of the DAPL actually said, "You need to free this man." He's like, he's he's the American Mandela. He's a political prisoner, yeah. and he was put there by a crooked organization. The FBI is crooked as all fuck, and you know they put him in there. So he's just saying, as your final thing leaving office. Tell the FBI, who, by the way, are a bunch of fuckheads and who, who did affect the outcome of the presidency, Mike, drop it on him. Say, by the way, fuck you. He's free. Goodbye. Nothing you can do about it. I mean, because you can't. I mean, and I would I would like to see Trump try to fight that one because that's a rallying point for people who don't like Trump and it's something they can stand on. You know what I mean? I don't want to see him. Well, fail. that would be that would be a rallying point for people that do like Trump. And then they're like, wait a goddamn second. They're already there's already like this regret thing going on because he said at a uh, a rally yesterday people were screaming lock her up lock her up and he goes yeah that's something you, that that plays well during the candidacy but after the uh, after the elections over and you win it doesn't really matter does it he said that yeah to his crowd that was chanting lock her did up did they boo him they laughed <laughs> well i mean okay fair enough but i just again i don't care which rich asshole was president it doesn't affect me but i'm just saying that you know, uh, Obama's 
his end. I wish he would finally. I wish we could finally have some some clemency. And I've been uh, again. I, you know, there's some startling. I, I started reading American Holocaust again, and it is just the most awful, startling. You know, it, that's why I was behind Standing Rock, even though when one we just once we discussed, you well, know, how it's a thing. I said, I said that's the thing. This is no more. This is the point where it can't happen anymore. We can't. We have to right, stop that. You're standing behind the people. So I went. Yeah. So, so I went behind and read it, uh, the history behind it again. And man, it, is it ever terrible? I mean, it's just it's it's as bad as anything the Nazis ever did. Times a hundred. I mean, it's just and stretched, times and stretched out over hundreds of years. Well, it depends. Like it's. Yes, okay, you take the Aztecs and the Mayans and all that stuff and what they did to them. And, you know, just the very fact that Cortez was on a boat with his men going to the Aztec cities. And one guy looked at all his friends and said, I have to be dreaming. This cannot be real. A city like this cannot be real. He was literally thought he was dreaming because they said you could have fit the marketplace of Rome, Paris, and uh, London in a corner of the marketplace that they had, the grand marketplace they had as the Aztecs. The fact that they had a complex system of canals, the fact that they had technology that was far superior to anything they had in Europe, the only technology they didn't have that was superior was weaponry. That was the only thing they didn't have. They didn't have iron. They didn't have steel and all these things because they had just not progressed along those routes. They actually had philosophy. They actually had advanced mathematics. They had all these things. Mm -hmm. They, They could pinpoint things on a grid. They could make giant pictographs that they said had to be either planned out meticulously on paper or done with aerial technology either way it's an it's an amazing thing that nobody gives them credit for and they wiped it out Fuck yeah they for did. greed that's the reason they wiped it out and that's, the uh, mongols I, did the same thing in uh fucking where was that iraq was iraq the uh it was the mughals probably about the sumerians who was the uh like the cradle of civilization that's the mesopotamians the, Sumeria, yeah the mongols so there was a, there came was a, in and wiped everything out, and they said the rivers were uh, running red with blood and ink. Yeah, because they had all the records written down and everything. Yeah, and that's the thing. They, the Mongols didn't give a fuck. That's yeah. the thing. We we did. We're not, not we is in you know. Well, we it does apply we. because there is a few groups as instrumental in the destruction of the Native American as the Scots Irish Appalachian style American. But you're pointing at yourself as if you personally had something to do with that. I, I know, I know, I didn't. Yeah. But I'm just saying that we didn't do that. I, I understand, and that was my. It was, you didn't build that. It was a part of history. Fair. That was horrible. Right. And um, so you know. There's, there's, been, people, there's been lots of that, and on every continent, as like white people, we should apologize. Yeah. Well, genocide and, uh, is as regular as clockwork. There's, you know, there's been genocide since the dawn of man. It's still we, going we, on. We right still do yeah, that. Yeah, we do that. To it's each kind other. of a peeve of me when the when they talk about the the Nazi Holocaust as the 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 Holocaust. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. a Holocaust. I was like, that's you know, it's not it's not the it's a little bit insulting. Not an isolated incident. It's a little bit insulting to all the other cultures who've been. Well, and that's the thing too that a lot of Jewish historians have actually gotten gotten into it with uh, Native American historians because Native Americans are you know and this is actually true the genocide we of the Native Americans in in America you know the genocide of all Americas is the worst genocide in the history of man bar none like it's it's not well, even maybe that we have record of maybe that we have record of I mean, there's, that's fair enough there's civilization um, remnants in the Amazon like there was a big Amazonian culture that had like big structures much like the, the Aztecs and the, the Mayas and whatnot. That we have, we don't even know about. Right, it's just being swallowed, swallowed by jungle. Like some kid found this building on Google Earth 
in the middle of the Amazon that there's a culture that nobody even knows about that was like predates the predates the Mayas. That's neat. Yeah. So it's like I, I mean, love, and, and I love about, the Earth. It's, it's a great place. And like the whole thing about Atlantis and like the structure shit they're finding on the bottom of the ocean now yeah. in different places. It's like oh my god. They're eventually going to discover that Atlantis was a real place. So they somebody found something a while back called Gobekli Tepe. Mm-hmm. It okay, was, it was covered up. Yeah, by I don't know what like sand windstorms and it just covered it up, and they found this place that predates where they thought civilization started by like twenty thousand years or something. Well, I, but again, in this book, it discusses the fact that uh, it says that the Incans, the Incans especially, uh, and the Mayans. And the Aztecs and, you know, the, the Taltecs and all them, all these groups that they have names for that weren't really what they even they call themselves predate, uh, European civilization by a ridiculous number of years mm-hmm. and by even the Mesopotamian civilization that it is inherently racist for us to still refer to the fact that a place such as this being discovered when it was not discovered. It's just, it was, it's just, it was populated. You it's know, just it was, common Eurocentrism, you know? Yeah, it's just, exactly. It's, it's a, just the normal thing that people, the way people think about the world right now because that's what's written down. Well, and, and that's the thing. You can't, I can't even have a discussion with some people, uh, that I know that are friends because then they just throw the card out. Well, that's ancient history. I was like, yeah, but it, it's relevant. It, it, it must be relevant. Cut history to, repeats itself. Cut to 20,000 years from now. And people are like, what do you, the America? What? what yeah. Know, yeah. Whatever. 20, what, 20. What, that place was swallowed <laughs> up. They, they didn't have shit. They, they couldn't even wipe their own asses. We're so actually, they shat in the same place where they ate. They actually, <laughs> yeah, wipe, they, these people actually wipe their own asses. Well, <laughs> no, they use trees word. to wipe their ass. They manufactured trees. Well, Rome. Okay. If we use Rome as a template, you know, there were periods of, of, you know, the United States is not going to collapse. We're just too important to the world economy. That's just the way it is. So, you know, but are we getting ready to go through a downswing? Yes, I, I believe well, that whole well, part but, of it. Uh, because we're so connected, though, it may not be that uh, that we collapse because we collapse. It could be something that, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a world economy thing. So right. If the whole thing goes, it, it you know, we'll kind of go with it, I think. Uh, well, that's fair. But And how much, you know, how bad is it going to be is the question. You know, it, it could just be like another recession. It could be like another Great, great depression. depression. It could be twice as bad as that. Um it could be like the road, but do you can can I ask? <laughs> you ever seen that movie? I've wanted yes. to ask. That's a great though, movie. In the event that that happens, that this was an actual emergency, how bad? Is how it? how would you do? How bad is the event? We'll say is it the road. Just have you ever no, have you ever read the road? The road everybody's fucked. Yeah. I've read the book. It's okay, the movie's great. Yeah, it is. It's a great movie. Everybody's fucked. There's nothing we can do about that. Uh, in the event that is another Great Depression situation, or even worse, how would you do? In a Great Depression, I would be fine. In a in a in an actual like collapse where people are like killing each other over bread in the grocery store and shit like that, uh, it would depend a lot on my neighbors and my community because it would still be dependent on trade. Right. I mean, I could last for several years. I mean, I'm, I can easily last a year without any other, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. with no inputs. But like without refrigeration, without freezers, you know, I need salt. There are certain things that I just need. There were wars fought over salt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or, and or sugar. Yeah. And or the ability to smoke. You know, like you have to be able to preserve food. Um, and I'm not totally self-sufficient in certain ways. I mean, I can I could get by for several years just yeah. based on just breeding and what I have and eggs and mm-hmm. um, hunting and gathering and all that stuff. I don't really pretend to know how well I would do, but I know that I'm 
way, 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 Better way more ahead of most people. Yeah. I'm fuel wood self-sufficient. I'm heat self-sufficient. I'm water self-sufficient. I'm meat self-sufficient. If it I'm gets down, self-sufficient. Could if you? It, if uh, it gets down to roving bands of marauders with weapons and stuff. And that's the thing. It's like, I know how to shoot a gun. It's like, I've yeah. got some guns and But that's bullets. the thing. What but, Bill Burr said, he said, but if I you're not tough, you're just collecting stuff for the toughest guy on yeah. the block. Yeah, you know? it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I can't do shit against a tank rolling up and blowing my damn house down. But that's know? the thing. There'll be no structure to support that. You know, because those tanks depend on fuel, so there'll be no. You know, you know have you ever I mean? seen Waterworld? They're still they're like riding jet skis around. So the guy steals an oil tank, and that's a documentary. Yeah, fact. It's fact. not a bad movie. Fact. You uh, I, will I develop the web feed in time? I, I don't know, but I think I I think I'm starting to get. I think you got a shot. <laughs> I've already got web toes. So, but uh, no, I, yeah, I definitely think about that, and I, I don't. It's not something that I sit and lose sleep over or worry about. But I definitely design my system based on resiliency and the idea that okay. If the lights go out, if I no longer have this, I try to have a backup, and not only a backup, but backups to backups to backups. Okay. Let me ask this, and I think that this is a fair question as well. West Virginia, my mama, <laughs> would it? <laughs> I think it, it would be, in that event, maybe better off than a lot of places. That's kind of why I'm here. Yeah. It's a, it's a fabulous That was place. always my opinion. We have potable water. We have lots of potable water out there. We, how, many, we, how many gallons? We have a history. <laughs> we, you know, forget about the coal history, which I'm not bashing coal per se, but everyone's like, oh, heritage history. It's like, no. The real heritage and the real history is homesteading, being self-sufficient, right. hunting, gathering. Carving living, something out of nothing. Living in the mountains without any trade or any support from civilization yeah. and making do with it because that's all you can afford and that's all you have. That's the real history. And people have kind of forgotten about it, mm-hmm. but it's still there. I I think it's still in people's blood and people have skills here that they don't have. That, is that was always my point. Like I'm uh, my friend. Uh, I'm, I've got a friend and he's going to go teach me how to shoot. I don't know how to shoot. I'm the bees thing. I think that that's a, a really good idea because oh, yeah. a they're, you know, native. And so I don't have to worry about beekeeping necessarily, which is a complete complex endeavor. You know, it's really quite simple. I've, I've read the book. I've read, you know, lots of stuff behind it. Mason bees are the way to go. It's just, you know, but uh, I do think that we have a good climate. I think that we have lots of good, lots of water. We have, <gasps> the hills uh, are abound with game. They're you also know, alive so with the sound of music. <laughs> they're alive with the sound of music, and they're a natural barrier. Right. The reason, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they put like uh, Greenbrier and shit in West Virginia. You know, you know what I mean? Because it's like. It's difficult to militarily do. Well, that's what I was going to say from a strategic standpoint. West Virginia is a nightmare. Like, yeah. to try to fight us if we're partisans, and my God, are we ever armed? And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, all about it. Yeah, I, are we not the yeah. most armed? One of the one of the most armed states per capita. I, I think we're up there. I was actually going Us to in, Texas, in that probably. vein was going to write a Red Dawn situation that happened in West Virginia, but I was thinking it, it wasn't. It would be could we survive? I was just like, can I find a villain <laughs> that is powerful enough to come in and take over? You know what I mean? It would have to be some kind of uh, Negan general from the. Well, it'd have to be some kind of general from the from the Carpathian Mountains or something who knew how to deal with mountain people and stuff like that. It would have to be that kind of person. Because if you send a, a military person from the desert or something here, you, they get mopped up, you know, by the citizenry, not even by the army. You know, so you know, I believe that wholeheartedly that we would be a tough nut to crack. Yep. So you would have to use nukes. 
That's the only way you could dig us out. <laughs> or, yeah, or I mean, there's yeah, they've got all kinds of shit now: biological warfare, chemical warfare. But can, the valleys and and stuff are so isolated that you know you could drop something like that and it could theoretically not reach you. You know what I mean? Because it just it has to find places to die and stuff like that. Man, you've got places that we all have known these places. We got places in Clay County, you know, around Somerville, places like that, that are would be completely cut off from the outside world and would be fine because they have water. They have food. <laughs> Dude, there are places that they still don't have phone running to them. There yes. Places that barely have, like they they would have to run a electric wire and a phone line two miles up a hill. Mm-hmm. On, and you have to have a four wheel drive to get up to these these places, and these people were were trapped during the flood because their roads washed out at the bottom, and like the, they couldn't get out after the right. flood, so they would have to like pass water and shit. Over yeah, it's uh, like I've always told my daughter, uh, you know, and those people were fine. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I've, I've told my daughter. I said, she said, Daddy, well, what if something happens? I said, Well, here's the thing: if something happens here. Uh, what's what's really great about West Virginia is when something happens here. We we start we the people here we just start cutting trees out of the road we start fucking grading the road we, back we the way. are kind of a I mean it's that Appalachian we he, here's the history of West Virginia too there I, to my knowledge other than the Dina and the Hopewell which are ancient cultures there are no Native American tribes native to West Virginia the the, the area is just too rugged you know it's they well, tried they, to they they were in parts of <clears throat> they were in the valleys and in certain flat areas but right here right like and up in you know. In the very mountainous regions, that that was just they considered that sacred hunting ground, right? Because you kind of like Kentucky, it was open to everybody. Yeah, they just you know they it was just they didn't live there because it's you can't build a, wig, a, a wigwam on a on a one to one slope. It just doesn't. And they didn't have excavators. But the but the Appalachian mindset that we're going to build something anywhere, you know, yeah. carving something out of nothing is kind of our talent as a group. You know, and we still sort of live the way a lot of places still live the way they did. Like at the turn of the twentieth century, like yeah. Everybody, a uh, hundred years ago, this Irish guy bought a plot of land, a hundred, like fifty acres, mm-hmm. and then eventually it turns into twenty houses with all of his extended family living on. Yeah, it. we still do that. It's, well, yeah. Well, there's there's like this little <clears throat> residence on the way to my. If you're driving from Fayetteville to my farm, and it's like maybe <clears throat> I'm going to say maybe it's an eighth of an acre lot, just right beside the creek, and they've got. Like a little shanty town developed there. They've got like some some campers. They got a camper tied to a house. Now they tore down one house and t- tied a camper to it. They've got smokestacks coming out of all of them. They got piles of firewood piled up. You know, junk cars for sale. It's like a it's like a fucking like little shanty town economy that they're building. So it's like you look at that. It's like that's that's pretty much what would what the reality is. It's like if shit went down, they, their lives wouldn't change that much. Right. It'd probably just not have electricity. Yeah, that's about it. And they'd have to like boil the you know boil the creek water, I find would, a way to preserve. You know, there would be more work. Can I ask this too? Uh, you can ask whatever you want. You don't have to ask. Uh, well, ask. John is a very <laughs> he's a very learned individual. He's a learned man. Um, the river water is it safe to drink right out of the river, or do you have to boil it? I would not drink that even after boiling it, unless because it was an emergency. The, What's wrong with it? It's full of like heavy metals. Like I mean, like if you follow the New River, and he's not talking about map, Twisted Sister heavy metal. It, I was it goes, <laughs> you know, it goes. It starts in like Western North Carolina, believe okay. it or not, and it's kind of snakes through Virginia. And there's so much industry and shit 
going into that river. I do love how we've always put industry right along the rivers because that was the easiest way to deliver things back in the day. I'm personally not afraid to swim in it because I've been doing it my whole life and I figure who gives a shit. But some people say just it getting in your mucous membranes from swimming in it is really bad. Really? Because of how toxic it is because of I always thought our water was pretty good here. You need to get you some life straws. The golly's somewhat clean, you know, especially up above like Belvin places where people's sewers go literally straight into the river. Yeah. But the golly's somewhat clean. And like Summersville Lake is, is one of the cleanest lakes in the state. Because it starts in West Virginia, it starts in the so, it starts in the Potomac Highlands in West Virginia. It's a short route. Right. The new starts way the hell it goes through all kinds of populated industrial areas. Right. Right. Okay, that's so, fair enough. And the Kanawha is a, stuff. The Kanawha is both of them. Mm-hmm. And it, once you get down, you know, to Charleston, it's just it's a. It's a- it's basically ra- it's radioactive. Yeah, I mean, all that yeah. shit, like the Dupont plants there. It's cold. They have a creek running through the Dupont plant. I worked in there. Yeah, just, I work switching cars. Yeah, the water just goes in and, and goes back out. Yeah, I was just like, oh, well, I was like, how is this okay? How is, how the fuck is this okay? Where does that go? Don't ask questions. That's basically that was what I, what I was told. That's literally what that's I was above told. your pay grade. <laughs> like I was like, that's toxic. Yeah, we don't care. I was like, okay, well, yeah, it's cause of doing business. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't wait for our river, like the uh, which river was it that spontaneously caught on fire. Because some chemical components well, got the, into it. I know the Kanawha did when my dad was young. It caught did fire. it really? Yeah. Because of just trash and oil Oh, and Jesus. Shit. Like in Charleston, it caught fire. Yeah, dude. Fuck. And yeah, they, brother. They, fuck, fuck, fuck. And he grew up just water skiing in that <laughs> shit and swimming in it every day. And, you know. <laughs> Of course, he died. I can picture. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like. I'm now getting a picture of your dad water skiing, Doc. Water skiing. He was a great water skier. He was like doing awesome. He was a water dog. He was he was unreal. He could do like he could do like one and a halfs and shit. Even even when he even when he was fat. I'm talking about (laughs) when he was fat, fat. Like when he was like close to 300. I remember him seeing him do a, a one and a half off the Montgomery Low dive. Jesus. And and land in it. I actually kind of remember him swimming too. Didn't he come up to Hawksnest and swim too? Oh, he, he he was a water dog. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that was a neat pool. The, the Hawks Nest pool. Hawks Nest Country Club pool? Boy, that's crazy how they just let that grow up and nothing's going to See, I, I actually, every time Annie comes, every time she comes to the to West Virginia, we always stop there. And they say no trespassing. Don't give a fuck. You know, I've been sleigh riding there yeah, before. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they care either. And... um we just walked it, and it is eerie as shit because it's I just remember it, the pool house is still sitting there, and you know, mm-hmm. and then you can walk up the stairs to where the old thing was. And but it, it's all in how you look at it, though. I, I I go been all over West Virginia. I've lived in a couple of different places, and I like just going on walks out in the woods and places mm-hmm. I've never been, just checking shit out. And you come up upon a, an old dilapidated building that's like just being swallowed up by weeds, and there's like a sort of a a ghosty kind of history mm-hmm. about it. And that's happening a lot now where so many things are just getting swallowed up and things are getting abandoned. It's happening a lot in Detroit. It's part of our culture. Yeah. It's part of our culture. And I actually think it's beautiful. I think that the ruins, it, it's like well, I nature is, is swallowing civilization. It'll take I, it I, I, it does not agree long. with that. I, I think that that, like, I think one of the, the coolest images, um, uh, in the I Am Legend movie is the fact that the, the city was growing up and then it was, uh, you know, he was hunting that deer and that lion came out and grabbed it because I guess somebody had let it free from the zoo or something like that. You know, and I always think, you know, I would like just to like observe, like we've talked about this, what would happen with all the, you know, you have domestic lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, you know, and, <laughs> and <what's, laughs> Wizard of Oz reference. Yeah. L Frank Baum, by the way, a massive proponent for Native American genocide. But anyway, he had a lot of great points about him. <laughs> But uh, I was thinking about what happens when 
uh, we go away and they let and all those creatures let loose. Of course, a lot of them are going to die. What happens when people stop being polite and start being real? <laughs> the real world. <laughs> John, Dutch, <laughs> Chuck. Can you get the phone? Aaron, Trappy. Are, are you are you the sassy black woman yeah, on I the am. show? I am. You always on the phone. <laughs> I don't like you, all right? Um I was no, I was wondering though, I would like to see how that would play out. Like uh animals not from here forced to adapt to situations. Now, it would be neat, especially with primates, like if you had chimps, chimps would Obviously, do quite well. I mean, they they're extremely adaptable. They're uh, intelligent. They can use tools. They can do all kinds of things. I think that would be neat. Um, like tigers, like you know, tigers. Only thing they need is a is a hunting range. But then they would clash with native creatures. I think that would be a neat thing just to witness. You know, can you just imagine to, like a pack of coyotes and a tiger going at it. Exactly, and that well, would happen. Like well, you know, well, the, well, that did happen in a real big way. You th- have to think. You know, in- India was not originally part of uh, Asia. Right. It's just eventually drifted over and crashed into it. And as soon as it did, that what you're describing happened in like a major, major way. Did it. Well, yeah, because you had an island that was India that had one type of, you know, ecosystem, right. and then it collides with Asia. Mm-hmm. There's a totally other, you know what I mean? Like, that would have been a fascinating thing to do a, you know, uh, a million-year-long BBC documentary on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love those. And have Johnny I, I, Greenwood I, do the uh, music for <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seeing an, an opportunity here, a, a faux documentary about what would happen. You know, you have Life After People, but one just discussing what would happen to the animals. Like, I'm imagining a tiger in Appalachia. And how would a tiger do in Appalachia? I think he would do quite well. I mean, it, the range is lots of food. Um, th- his coat would be dappled by the sun. You, you know, know who I mean? wouldn't it's, do quite well? Who? The animals, the other day, <laughs> yeah, the other animals. You know, I, I just squirrels you, are fucked. Actually, but lions. Uh, if we hadn't intervened as human beings, there was actually a lion that roamed uh, our plains, almost just like Africa, like like the savanna. They were almost genetically identical to the lion in Africa. Am I misremembering something, or did someone who lived on this very in this very town? Have a, a lion or a tiger, there, a mountain there, lion. There was a it was tiger. Wiley Acres who had a mountain lion. There was there's like a wood pile down there in front of like a blue house, and there's like a burnt down stone house. Yes, right there, there was a building. Yes, and in that building for for some time, from periodically, was a tiger. I remember. Okay, I was thinking, and what? it had a basketball to play with, and the basketball was always smashed. It was that wild. That's just there? cruel as shit. Yeah, I remember being able to go and look at the tiger in, in Charlton Heights. Okay. I, thought I thought it was a mountain was, lion. No, it was it was I'm, a tiger. It might be both. Was that was well, that? I also? think my mom took me to see it one time and got scared because it like rushed the cage and you know tigers are terrifying creatures. Like they're God. immensely strong and just and resourceful. They're pretty and, much my favorite animal. <laughs> not so resourceful though that they're you know they're virtually gone in the wild. So yeah. are they? Well, the Siberian tiger is down to a couple hundred. You know, Do you really need more though? Well, they I mean, they shoot themselves. The they shoot themselves in their collective foot, evolutionary wise, <laughs> because a male tiger has to have a large range, and they are a solitary creature. The only time they get to mate, they mate. The only time that a female tiger is safe to go into a male tiger's territory is when she's in heat. Otherwise, he will kill her and eat her. Mm. It's that kind of creature. They are not social like lions. Very lions are extremely social. 
tigers are another creature entirely. That's one of the reasons people love them so much because they're so they don't need anybody else. They're solitary. They're powerful. They're a terrifying animal. And we, as in every culture that comes in contact with them, celebrates them for those reasons. They're almost mythic because they can do that. You know, I love them. It's one. It's my favorite animal. Is is the Siberian tiger because it's massive. It's a gigantic animal. It's eleven hundred pounds. And I've seen video of a Siberian tiger wrestling and killing a giant boar, and it is the <laughs> most amazing fucking thing ever. Yeah, it is a heavyweight I don't, slug. Fest. I don't think that there's an animal that can compete with it, like in a fight on land. They said the gorilla is actually a formidable combatant when you back them into a corner because they are the strongest. They're actually stronger than a grizzly. Yeah, bear. but they're not. They're not a. They're not a tiger with the claws and the teeth and the the, 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 they actually the crazy. Have, teeth. They do have giant fangs. They do have those. Yeah, but they're like you know how you know like compared. Well, their bite strength is probably not as powerful. They, they, they're not dependent on biting things by right. the throat to for, to eat every day. You're right. I mean, the tiger is the heavyweight. King. I mean, the tiger. I, the tiger beats a lion. And in absolutely. this corner, yeah. absolutely, they they're they're twice the size. Yeah, they're way know. bigger. I didn't, but they. I, you know, this has gone in, in a very. You guys ever seen a roadrunner eat a rattlesnake? I, no. <laughs> Roadrunners are apparently bad motherfuckers. Well, apparently they're. I, I think their legs are. Uh, they're made of titanium. I, I'm going to get robotic legs. It's a risky operation, but uh, no, I could do like okay. They ran down the size list of ranked them, the largest cats, you know. Look at this roadrunner killing this rattlesnake, though. Damn. <laughs> that was fucking brutal. He's like, take this, bitch. Wham. It's basically just a little dinosaur. Boom. Yeah. yeah. That's literally what they are. That is evolution at work. A superior creature beating an inferior now, creature. Now he's, he's just swallowing it whole. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, why not? That doesn't look anything like the one from the cartoons. No. <laughs> I hated that thing. Um, me, me. But it's uh, tiger, lion, jaguar. I didn't know the jaguar are, are as big as they are. Mm. They're like really big and dangerous, you know, and there's still a lot of them in South America, and they're actually making their way north. And, <laughs> you know, that would be an interesting struggle because now there's a struggle currently. We've talked about this before. Uh, sure have. The uh, the rock python, the African rock python, has mated and made a super snake with oh God. with this other python, and they are. It is a protracted, awful war of extermination. Not conscious, of course, between them and alligators and, and crocodiles and stuff in the southwest, <laughs> because people have bought them and let them go. Yeah. So now we have invasive species doing battle with native species, and the invasive species, of course, is winning. Because they're they're so adaptable and they can go anywhere and you know and they don't give a fuck and the canids are kind of I mean sure they're fierce and savage and all that stuff but they're not terribly adaptable they just they have to have a certain circuit set of circumstances to live in snakes can live as long as the climate's okay in virtually anything so you know I think that again that's my it's like the previous butthead what will win between these animals I do that all the time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. S- saltwater crocodile. Oh, God. Versus. Versus a jaguar. I'd have to give it to the crocodile. It depends, but it depends on where. The setting. To, to where they're fighting. If they're in the water, jaguar's fucked. No, yeah. If they're on, on, the, on, no, the if they're on dry land. Uh, but maybe there's if some the, water if the, nearby. If the saltwater crocodile can, can really just score that bite, fight's over. 
Right. But if the jaguar can dance around him and just claw him enough and get through the skin, get to his neck, then the jaguar. But a tiger versus a crocodile, even though tigers are terrified of crocodiles, by the way, I've seen so many documentaries where they. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just you see that eye come up and the tigers, ah, you know, freaking out and doesn't want to go in. And then they get Fuck this. they get in a fight in the water and the tigers really for a while given as good as he gets. And then it's just, you know, he runs out of air. That's what happens. It is the gator so roll, the fucking death roll. And it's over. Mm. You know, you they that? actually had a, a show. It was Animal Fight Club where they yeah. pitted animals against each other and you data like this is the greatest show ever and it only lasted like one season did you ever <laughs> see the uh, video of like i guess it was maybe an antelope or fucking gazelle i think it was gazelles like they were at a watering hole and up comes a croc and the croc grabs one of them trying to drag it in and the other gazelles are like fuck billy's getting fucked up and then the gazelles are like man Fuck this. And they all just start fucking attacking. <laughs> no, I know. I've and never seen the crocodile back and Billy gets out and they <laughs> run away. I think the, the I think the most, uh, uh, you know, poetic. It's not poetic justice, but the, one of the Great most movie. Uh, no, it's not. I've never seen uh, it. It's not really that good. I one. don't watch black. Uh, John- <laughs> <laughs> it's except, not for me. Except, Dutch goes racist. Except the Batman movies. of course. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not for me. The. No, what was I saying? Probably something awesome. I was going down a... Oh, no. Okay, here's what happened. Uh, a great white shark mm-hmm. was trolling. Here and, I go again and, and on my a baby own. seal had gotten in the water and was trying to swing, swim back and couldn't get back, you know. Yeah. And the, and the shark was just taking its time, you know, just checking things out. Because it's a fish. It doesn't really think a lot. So, and it's getting ready to just sink its teeth in and end it. And out of nowhere just comes a fucking killer whale and wham, fucking hits him and wears this motherfucker out. And just, you know, uh, a shark has no chance against a killer whale. Killer whale is roughly the same size, but far more intelligent and hunts in packs. So they're just peppering this fucking shark up and whooping his ass and tear his ass apart and eat him right on the fucking spot. And then they probably eat the seal, too. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. No, the seal got back to the beach because... He fist bumps the whale. <laughs> Way, to go. Bumps. Way to go. Yeah, fin bumps. The seals have hands. That's the name of the episode right there, fin bumps. I did see a, I did see a thing where the killer whales are, like their behavior is radically changing because of, you know, allegedly because of climate change and mm-hmm. destruction of habitat. Which is a myth. Everybody knows. And they're having to go, you know, search harder for food. And they're just like eating the fuck out of seals and going places where they never have and like, mm-hmm. and, like becoming like even better at like like diving on the land and get it. And, they're adapting. And, yeah, they're adapting and they're yeah. actually becoming really aggressive towards like humans and everything. Is that right? That's what, because there's never been a recorded attack to my not knowledge. Not in captivity. There's uh, never been a recorded attack. Of, not in yeah. captivity. Not in captivity. But they 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 do fuck people up. In if, captivity. If they yeah. get a mind to. Yeah, they get fucking no, in, tired in the of their slaves. And the, I thought in the wild they they don't attack people. No, they they'll fucking eat you. A killer whale will eat you. I've never heard that. I've always heard that they. I've always heard that they're more apt to help. I think that that's either it's changing or the narrative has changed because I I watched the thing where it's just like they're they're actually one of the. But they're a giant dolphin, and they you know, and they're intelligent as all slaves essentially. But but they're they're also pissed off. Yeah, and they're, and they're because dis- we keep taking dis- them out of the distressed. water and putting them in a tank. It's like if Armageddon happens and you can't feed your kid, all of a sudden, you know, your compassion goes straight out the fucking window. Well, that's yeah, that's true too. So, I mean, there was actually a special on National Geographic called also true. called uh, the whale that ate jaws, and they discussed how in another instance of this, this this killer whale had grabbed this fucking shark basically by the face and drug his ass over, you know, because this this shark was menacing. 
like a, a, a tour, like as a, a seal tour is around San Francisco. And there's not a lot of killer whale activity there and really not a lot of shark activity there. And, uh, <laughs> great song. I know we've gone completely, you know, off anything with this. It but doesn't this is, matter. It's, it's it's immensely interesting to me. But anyway, uh, the shark was circling this boat. Well, they said these killer whales showed up out of nowhere and just fucking ate this shark and showed it to the people. Basically, just just <laughs> we're eating it. And say, watch this shit. Bang! They're fucking wearing his ass out, and they just ate choice parts of the animal and let the rest rot. They just let it fucking well, go. They they fuck sharks up because sharks eat their food. Yeah, and they don't want to. Compete. Well, it's a competitor, yeah. of course. So you know, I, I know it's not to help us or anything. Right. Like that. And some people uh, apply that. Well, that that killer whale was trying to help. Well, no, that killer whale didn't really give a yeah, fuck about you. Free Willy you know? syndrome. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just yeah. It, dolphins have been on record helping people and stuff like that, but dolphins do attack people too. So yeah, you know, I think dolphins I th- try to fuck people. The, what I've seen and read about dolphins is that the, them having an understanding with us is pretty true or seems to be mm-hmm. legit. They have saved drowning swimmers and, stuff and a like killer that. whale is as smart or smarter than a dolphin. And I think that they're just kind of at a point now where they're just like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck all of you. Fuck everybody but us. We got to get- <laughs> Try oh, to make me <laughs> jump through a hoop, you yeah. son of a bitch. I think well, let me tell you something, I, human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Black and white coming at you. Shamu. Or whatever. Free Willy. <laughs> yeah. You just stand over there, Mean Gene, and watch the waves. Because I'm the cream of the crop. <laughs> I'm rising to the top of this shark tank. <laughs> oh, God. You guys think we've done enough? I Good. think we have. Good app. It went longer than I thought we were going to go. We were getting ready to wrap it up, and then John came in blabbering around. Yeah. Running yep. his cocksucker. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, you bunch of queers. Episode 84 is in the books. Here's a nice Christmas song. Episode, you said. Episode? Well, we are. Technically, we are apes. Yeah. Bro. (laughs) Here's a nice Christmas song for your mothers. And uh, go fuck yourselves. We love you. There's probably going to be an ad before it. All right. Bye-bye. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over And a new one just begun And so this is Christmas strong